the children to bed. It's time for Dan and Aldo to bear their souls. I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating, and that is a lot. <laughs> Dan, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. <laughs> Kramer for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is. If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. Look, I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. They won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't, I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So, Dan, tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth, and they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? I love the efficiency of bourbon. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan and Aldo. Yeah, baby! I am well, but again, the question I think everybody that follows the broadcast and the show wants to know how is Aldo? I am alive, despite my pale complexion. <laughs> um, I'm feeling better. I'm still not 100%. Uh, it is uh, wild to go through an event like I did. And for those of you who don't know, I had a TIA, a um, mini stroke, a minor stroke, they call it. Mini stroke, I think, is the official. Are any strokes ever minor, though? Yeah, really? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I could have lost, like, I could have suffered uh, paralysis, and I haven't. So I'm talking well. I'm moving well. I get a little off balance. But the main problem is my eye vision uh, is not like it used to be. So there's some imperfections in my eyesight and I'm making appointments with neuro ophthalmologists and blah, 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 and trying to, you know, hopefully get it back to where it was, or at least, you know, um, make sure that it doesn't ever happen again, because if it happens again, uh, and once you have had a stroke, the likelihood of you having another one, if you're not taking care of your diet and, and exercising and stuff, the likelihood is that you'll probably get a second one. So I got to be really careful with that. And that's probably what has me the most nervous is when I experience like a flutter, you know, I immediately think, holy shit, is, is this the big one? Yeah. I don't want to laugh. <laughs> Let's laugh, please. Let's laugh. Well, I don't, and when you're telling me stuff like, well, I, I can't really eat an orange. I can't eat um, bananas. I'm like, fuck, if you can't eat a banana, it's like, what are we here for? You know, like if a yeah, banana right. is bad, like what is good if a banana is bad? Like I told you before you come on here, someone was telling me, hey, hey, you should never drink milk. I was like, milk? 
milk is bad for me like like I, my whole life it's a milk it does a body good yeah and, like, right. it's supposed to be good for my teeth and like what the fuck milk is bad for me yeah you know uh animal products i, I haven't i told you i haven't had a glass of milk in in eons uh but it was solely because i was i wanted to try different things and maybe reduce a little of the animal products because i love the meat you know steak is uh one of my favorite meals but uh yeah the thing with bananas is that they're high in carbohydrates and high in sugar so that makes the that's a the, the double whammy for people with type 2 diabetes which i have and uh and frankly over I, i've learned that i have type 2 diabetes about 18 months ago and so forth and after a while i started to get lax with stuff ah, you know let me have you know a slice of that key lime pie <laughs> that might that might in fact that might have done me in when i had that slice <laughs> of key lime pie <laughs> so uh triple r who the last time i saw on video he was in a hospital bed <laughs> it says uh much love Podfather. gotta take better care of yourself you know it brother and what's done is done but not always all the time grandbabies yeah in fact um my uh grandchild is coming over this weekend and so i'm really looking forward to that yeah it makes you appreciate a little bit you know as part of part of the thinking is you know i am 64 maybe i need to just cut down on the partying a little bit and you know not get as high as i was getting you know and typically i would have a shot or two of now, is the weed bad for you no for uh, the condition i know alcohol spikes your blood pressure, but does weed do that negatively? I, I have no clue. I, I've read a couple of articles on it, and it seems to be split. There's some research that says a high amount of THC can exacerbate a, a stroke uh, if you are a stroke victim. And another study said, eh, you're fine. Go ahead and smoke all you want. That was probably sponsored by High Times Magazine or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, um you know, so I just, you know, typically I have a drink or two while we do the show, but I'm not going to tonight. So if I'm particularly bad or worse than before, you know why? Because <laughs> my sobriety level is at, uh, is at zero. Uh, so uh, gummies, yeah, J2K says, got to try the, the gummies. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you know, just cool it for a while and make sure that I'm fine and go see I got an appointment with a neurologist and then I got an appointment with an, uh, a neuro ophthalmologist where they'll look at the eye to see if there's anything there that needs attention and stuff. So we'll see. Cliff says, I learned long ago not to trust my doctors. He said, I'll live three of them so far. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I used to have a doctor who probably weighed 145 pounds. And this guy was always telling me, you're too heavy. You're too heavy. And I was like, 185 you know like you're and, too fucking thin yeah Fuck <laughs> that's what i told them and uh a year I, I i moved and so i got a different doctor and then a year later i learned he died while he was jogging <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of a de you, you know you know dennis leary is obviously right Oh, yeah, Dennis Leary had a bit in his stand-up. He at the time he was a heavy smoker, and he was talking about all the people that would like talk shit to him about smoking. He's uh -huh. like, they're always the people that are like running five miles a day. But you know what happens? They drop fucking dead, and someone smoking finds their body <laughs> while they're walking. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that thought has crossed my mind. You know, fuck it. You know, uh, but I do have a grandchild, and so now. 
you know, the kids, my stepdaughter and my daughter, they're in their mid to late twenties and they're great situations, but I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, suffer a stroke and be a burden to my wife, you know, where she's going to clean my ass or (laughs) stuff me into a car and take me to the hospital and stuff. I don't want to do that. So I owe it to her, you know, to be especially diligent about uh, my behavior and stuff. And and then I want to be able to run around with my grandkid. You know, my, my daughter's every couple of days, she'll send me a new photograph or some video. He's just started crawling and it just, you know, puts a little, uh, raises my blood pressure, but in a good way, because um, I just want to give the kid a great big hug and have a relationship with him. I could see your story being like an old Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Like Rod Serling comes on and says, like, you know, you didn't suffer paralysis. Uh, I, you didn't lose your voice. But in the Twilight Zone, you've now, <laughs> you will now forever be attracted to only homosexual porn. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that, that took a left turn. <laughs> I know. I, know. <laughs> I seriously. Okay, so I got I I got Bears tickets in the middle of the night the other night. I, I told you this. Yes. Um, and this is going to lead to a segue from the food, uh, the question of the food. But Ron, who may or may not join us later, is supposed to hook us up with the tickets for the Raiders game. Mm-hmm. But I bought tickets for the Denver game specifically because I was just on my phone at work. And I noticed on the United Airlines app, they were like, it just kept saying, because I was just looking at, because Ron said he's going to sell tickets for four games. So I was looking at the other ones, just what, what are the flights that that we can? And it just kept saying, like, if you apply with a credit card for us at United Airlines, we'll give you $250 off your first flight. And I was like, man, this shit might not last, but like a day or two, like, is this exactly. for real? And anyway, so the, I bought the flight that weekend for the Broncos game for only 50 bucks. So I was like, well, now I've got to buy tickets, you know? So, but even that still makes me feel uh, weird because I ended up buying them on StubHub mm-hmm. and the person who releases them to me, it'll go through Ticketmaster. They haven't released the tickets yet. So it's like, maybe again, neither has Ron to us either, but he said it would be like July. Mm-hmm. So maybe this will be July, but the fact I don't have them yet still makes me worry. Like, what if I don't get them? What if the uh, person I bought them from dies? What if they drink too much milk, for example, <laughs> and they die? So, but assuming that we go to both of these games, um, so what's our, do we, like, before we used to go out to eat before the games, like, well, what are we going to do now? Like, if, can you even eat breakfast? I'm not trying to be funny. No, no. Oh, yeah. I can, I can eat breakfast. I've been, you know, eggs is the best thing for a diabetic. Um, so, uh, I'll be eating, you know, tons of eggs. Uh, so yeah, that won't be a problem. Nothing's going to change in my life. The one thing that's, that's changed right now that I got to change is I was told not to drive, uh, until I get checked out by an ophthalmologist and they gave me the permission to drive because even though I could go out there and drive now, if I were to get in an auto accident, uh, and it was the other person's fault. And they learned that I had somehow, if they learned that I had a, uh, a minor stroke, they could use that against me and I could end up being sued, you know, for driving without getting uh, permission from a doctor. So in a couple of weeks, I'll, uh, I'll be getting that permission when I see the ophthalmologist. And, but uh, outside of that, you know, life should be normal. You know, I just got to take it easy and get over the little bit of the anxiety to have now, you know, when I see a, one of the things, do you, 
are you nearsighted or farsighted or you have perfect vision? I have astigmatism. Okay, and me too. Yeah, I, I can't see far away. So that's mm -hmm. why I have my glasses, but I have astigmatism. Yeah. So do you and see I can't stand the idea of a contact. Like digging in my eye, I would rather just fuck like no, I'll just wear glasses forever. So uh, do you ever see floaters like little specks like floating around in your vision? You turn to the right and they float that way, you turn to the left and float that way. You ever seen seen any of those? Uh not that I'm aware of. Okay, so they're particularly pronounced uh, when you're looking at the sky or anything very, very bright. <laughs> Funny story is when I was uh, uh, Tuchis just joined us backstage. He'll be with us probably at the top of the hour. He's going to have a bare hours. state of affairs. Awesome. Um, uh, no need to be sorry, Russell. I'm here. I'm alive. Life is good. But uh, I started seeing floaters when I was a kid, and I just sort of learned to live with them. But when I was a teenager, around 16, 17 years old, I started seeing them more pronounced when I was smoking marijuana. And you talk about, <laughs> about getting paranoid, you know, I'd smoke marijuana. <laughs> and then people would say, what the fuck are you doing now? Because I was doing this. I was following floaters around. <laughs> so, what the hell is going on with you, Aldo? Oh, I tried to explain it to them. You know, they were so fucking, my friends were also fucking stupid. What the hell are you talking about, floaters? You're making that up, right? But another funny story that I wanted to share with you guys is the, the day that I got the mini stroke is uh, I wake up at 7 a.m. in the morning. I start stretching and so forth. And about two minutes into the stretch, all of a sudden, 35% of the vision in my right eye is like totally dark. You know, I, I could have my hand right here and I could not see it. And I was like, holy fuck. And so I sat down and when my wife came downstairs, I told her, hey, something's going on. And she right away called the ophthalmologist. We ran over there. He did uh, an eye test. He goes, your eyes look fine. You need to go over to the ER because you might have suffered a mini stroke. So we head over there. The hospital is fucking crowded. And while I'm sitting in their waiting room, like about an hour and a half, I, I get another one. And so my wife runs over uh, to the desk and says, you know, he's having another stroke and so forth. So, okay, we'll find him a room. It was crowded. So where did they take us to the fucking psych ward? <laughs> <laughs> And so we're in our room and in the hallway, there's a bunch of cops and there's a bunch of crazy motherfuckers. And there was one guy in particular who was getting really hostile and they had to chain him up to his bed and he's yelling and screaming, you motherfuckers, fuck you and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm in this room for an hour and a half listening to this stuff. So I'm there now three hours. And one of the nurses comes in and says, I really hate to ask you to do this, but we really need to put that guy in this room because you are, you know, you're stable right now and he's not stable and he's just disrupting work. And I go, that's fine. Put me out in the hallway. Well, I go, they wheel me out in the hallway and all of a sudden, this guy actually shot video of it, but I don't want to. I don't want to show it because you know I'm, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to disrespect any of the people that the video caught. Uh, he starts fighting with the security guards. He goes, "I'm J I just want to get the fuck out of here. Let me out. Let me out." He's he's rattling the chain and so forth. And 
one security guy comes in, a second, a third, a fourth. It's like five guys trying to calm this guy down while they give him a shot to knock him to sleep. It was the craziest shit. And I look over at my poor wife. She's never experienced anything like this. Of course, I grew up with this stuff because there's crazy people in my family, crazy neighbors and so forth. I grew up around that stuff. But she was like totally, totally freaked out. So that was uh, that was my experience at the. Would you rather be stuck there listening to this man scream at the top of his lungs and people fighting, or like ESPN Milwaukee and listen to pro Packers talk? (laughs) You'd rather (laughs) listen to the guy yelling. (laughs) That's right. Yes, uh, Tooch, Tooch is now on the Barroom Network board at Northwest Community Hospital. Uh, That's indeed where I went. Uh, Go ahead. Maybe he was a Green Bay fan. He was just upset over the Rodgers trade. That's what he's yelling about. <laughs> or that it didn't happen soon enough. Did there you hear you that? Rodgers is injured. He has suffered a calf injury. And so he, he, uh, um, so he'll miss the whole summer, I would presume. <laughs> oh, oh, sure. Right. I mean, come on. <laughs> so anyway, we're here to talk bears. Again, I want to thank, I, I want to thank, a lot of fucking people. I'm not going to go through the laundry list. I'm not going to do a full of toshin and take 25 minutes and yell out names. But there, there, are, there are really a lot of people that I think I want to thank. And I did um, for those who reached out on social media. And I did to uh, Greg Gabriel. I did the Gabriel show yesterday. And, and he was nice. Every day he was calling checking in on me and so forth. Same thing with Mike North. And to you, Dan Aguirre, you know, the words that you shared uh, on last week's show, I was able to catch that on the replay. And uh, you checking in on me every day, it just means so much. And one of the things that you mentioned last week is that the conversations that you and I have had have been like, you know, uh, like family, like father, son, yeah. or, or big brother and so forth. And I was really fucking touched by that. I, I feel the, the same way about you, the kinship that we've developed through our work, through our life, talking about our life experiences, when we've been up, when we've been down, when we've had challenges, you know, uh, it's really brought us really, really close and it's transcended, you know, work and, and it's a real kinship. And the same thing with Tooch. Tooch is, you know, Tooch went online and said he's like my older brother. And I go, you had to say older. You couldn't say big brother. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, but the same thing with Tooch. I've known him now for what six, seven years. We we've gone to uh, training camp together. Uh, we've talked about life problems too, and and it's just so special to have this community. J2K reached out to me and and talked about, you know, how much he loves this show, but what he loves even more is the community that we've built here. And you see it, you know, in the chat room, there's people saying hi to one another. You know, it's like the old Cheers show when when Norm would walk in and everybody goes, Norm! Well, that's the way it is for J2K and Cliff Victoria and so many of the other people who come into the chat room there. Everyone's greeting one another. And and that, to me, is, you know, worth so much. It's worth it really a million bucks. It really, really is. The fact that I have had a small role in helping to build this community, it's really, really fucking awesome. So thank you to everybody. And we got, we have, I specifically had you know, good feedback from that. I was so weary of like, I wasn't sure if someone would say, oh, you're being dramatic or, but also I didn't want to downplay your condition, but also didn't want to jump in and, and make it seem like you're dying. So I just tried to speak from the heart, so to speak. And again, mm-hmm. 
I, I was afraid that someone would, would be like, ah, shut the fuck up and, and let's talk football. But we didn't get any of that. Everyone was patient with it and seemed to, to like the fact that I was telling, you know, giving the update on your condition. And, and, and after the show, like I got a lot of, you know, Hey, tell Aldo I'm rooting for him. I'm praying for him. Good show last night. So yeah, we had a lot of a positive feedback from last week in, in spite of your absence. People really were caring and worried about you. Yeah. I, I, you know, you did a great job and, and the, I read the comments and, and people were, were ex- extremely complimentary of you and, and Tooch and Aaron. And thank you, Aaron, for coming in and filling in. I am probably going to miss a couple of shows in June. And the reason is, it's not because of medical issues or anything. I'm working, some of you may know that I'm working on a project with Mike North. And uh, so I, I'm going to, pay some close attention to that project in June and try to get it done by mid or late June and then dig back into our show here and improving all of the football coverage that we're doing here. I really want 2023 to be a special year because I think the Bears are going to have a special year. And so I want to try to provide as much content and and interactive uh, content. You know, when Mr. Shorty was here, he had great success with the open mic show, something that I've wanted to do for years, but I was just always too tired. And so I'd like to try to resurrect that, to give a platform for people who want to come on to the Barroom Network YouTube channel, just talk football and so forth. And I, I uh, now and then I, I go, I stop by uh, BCP and see the good work that they're doing, continuing that uh, that concept. And so uh, want to offer that up to to our barflies and followers here. So lo- lots of stuff to work on. But for for the month of June, I'm going to be spending a lot of time on uh, telling the Mike North story, and uh, and that's going to be a fun project for me. And I'll make a couple of bucks as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I was on BCP last week, and the guy that's usually in our chat group, Foster, that I see mm-hmm. looks like Big Ben Davidson. And Foster he the, yeah, he looks like former Oakland Raider uh, Ben Davidson. He's got lots of personality. He was on there last yeah. week, too. It was cool to talk with him. And uh, I wanted to acknowledge, too, now this doesn't mean that I'm predicting this, but la- last week, I don't know, I was checking on you, and for some reason I, I was mowing the lawn. Normally, if I'm mowing the lawn, it's like that's what I do and I don't look at my phone. But I looked at my phone and saw you were communicating, and I was like, yeah, if the Bears ever made it to the Super Bowl, it's like, man, I'd have to take a second mortgage to afford a Super Bowl ticket. And the, there was basically the gist of it was, okay, I'll just come to Illinois and watch the Super Bowl with you if the Bears make it back out there. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll see you in February. Shock the world. Shock the you world know, this it's, year. It's it's not impossible, right? And uh, No, it's it, not. It's like Jim Carrey on Dumb and Dumber. So, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> That's right. And listening to uh, Fields and a couple of the players at today's OTA's uh, press conference uh, really gave me hope. And, and by the way, Don, you know, yes, you do talk trash 100% of the time, but I I love Don Burr. Don Burr is a great guy. You could tell that he's here to just push buttons. He's here. And our foundation says Don Burr does have a heartbeat. <laughs> you can tell that Don is here to push buttons. And so once in a while, you know, as I'm reading the chat comments, and, and you could tell that some people are like pissed off. You're scum. 
Don Burr, blah, blah, blah. I'm saying to myself, wow, he's, he's succeeding at what he wants to do, which is to irritate Bears fans. And I got a feeling that Don Burr never, ever attends a Detroit Lions uh, chat room, you know, because he's having so much fun burning Chicago Bears fans. <laughs> I thought you were going to suggest that Don had never been with a woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that. <laughs> uh, so good stuff, man. Really good stuff. And uh, I love the segment last week when you guys were talking about the Bears schedule. I, I want to, you know, talk a little bit uh, about that more and uh, and then also get to some of the sound bites that I collected from today's OTAs. So you want to talk schedule first, Mr. Glenn? Sure. It's uh, hard for me to make a prediction on, you know, again, like let's say the Bears play KC in week three. On mm -hmm. paper right now, you want to say that's a loss because they're the reigning defending Super Bowl champions, but you never know. Let's say the Bears get by Green Bay in week one and then suddenly – because we never beat Green Bay week one. And if we play week one, su such as 2015 or 2019, then maybe you get Tampa. There's no Brady, even though it's going to be hot in Tampa week two. But if you overcome those obstacles and you go into that game 2-0, and and then who's to say Mahomes doesn't uh, get injured in the second quarter? Things you can't account for on May 23rd when you're looking at a game in week three or week 16. You never know who's going to be hurt or what the if there's momentum. So it's hard for me to look at the schedule and predict week by week without any context. But mm -hmm. I can say, on, when I look at the games on paper, like I could write a schedule, again, or write a scenario where if they lose to Green Bay, that shit goes downhill. It goes downhill pretty quickly. Again, what if they lose to Green Bay and then Tampa, it's 99 degrees and humidity's, you know, 95%, and then you somehow lose that game. Then you lose the case, and then you're 0-3. Or mm -hmm. it could go 3-0. and You just, you never know. But looking at it, it doesn't look like one of those schedules where you're like, oh, man, the Bears are out of it just because of the scheduling this year. It looks like it's it's plausible that they could do some good there. I'm I'm with you. I mean, you know, I, I've looked at the schedule and, and I've vacillated. Man, this looks hard. And then I look at it. Eh, you know what? It's really, it's really not that hard. But what? You know, love, uh, Greg and I were talking about how, what Lovey Smith used to do. He used to divide the season up into quarters, you know, four, 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 four. And now we got a, a, an extra game. But if you look at these first four games, uh, Dan, would you be upset with a two and two record on these first four games? Okay. Um, first off, I, I want to win. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted with the text. Um uh, let me just say just kidding on this. I, sure. <laughs> anyway, I just said something filthy. So the, okay. the Packers game, the Packers game, I want that like the way like Rocky wanted to beat Drago after Apollo died. That's how mm -hmm. much I want to beat. You don't want to go to that game. And then suddenly you're like, oh, man, Jordan Love beat us, too. And I'm not saying shit about Jordan Love, but I'm just saying like that's his second career start. We need to get on this guy and make him think that the rivalry switched, you know. Um, right. But. On paper, if we're two and two, you want both of those losses to be against the AFC because it hurts you less yes. in the overall structure of making the playoffs. But selfishly, if I'm going to be at week four, then fuck, I want to win that game. So uh, so yeah. two and two, yes, I'll be upset because I want to win the Denver game selfishly where I'm there. I want to win Green Bay. So, but does that mean we have to lose Tampa and KC to be two and two? Like, I don't want to give up those games. Yeah, two and two. Yes, I want to be at least three and one. Yeah, I will definitely be a little disappointed because I think we can steal that game in Tampa Bay. 
uh, now that Brady is gone. Uh, and the, the if it's Mayfield, don't forget, uh, he beat us the game we were at in Cleveland two years ago in Fields' first start. <laughs> yeah, but it's not because of Mayfield. It's not like he had a great game, right? It was because Matt Nagy, that bald fuck. Oh. <laughs> That's why we lost. Mayfield leaving Cleveland, we don't have to see those commercials with him living oh. in the stadium or whatever. I hated those. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You ain't kidding. Um, but I, I, you know, first of all, it's vital this season that we win all of our home games. I don't see a fucking home game here that I would say, oh, that's going to be a tough one. Do you, do you, uh, beating the Packers, beating the NFC North teams at home should not be a problem in my mind. What do you think? Well, I, I don't want to take any of that for granted because we haven't beaten Green Bay at home since 2018. Mm -hmm. Minnesota beat us a lot. We were at that game too last year, last time they came in and beat us. Uh, Detroit, I mean, they're supposedly going to win the division early on. That's what people are saying. And, and because they beat Green Bay last year, they, they deserve that. So mm -hmm. I'm not like taking exception to it. But so is it a guaranteed win? No, none of them feel like guaranteed wins. The game, not to shift away from your question, that I also worry about is that Washington game. Yep. We always find a way to lose to the fucking Redskins or the, what, the Commodores, whatever they're called. <laughs> what are they? The, the Ritchie and the Commodores. <laughs> yeah. We're up all night uh, dancing on the ceiling. But yeah, whatever their team's name, we find even it's that ugly game last year where Fields misses the throw yes. and, and, and then Mooney it drops the ball or whatever. It doesn't hold on to it on the last play of the game. There's always something like that when we play them. Going back to the playoff losses in 86 and 87, every time we play Washington, it feels like we lose. I, I don't think we've beaten them since 01. And uh, Erlacher scored that day on a, like a, a fake field goal. Yes. Yeah, that's how long ago that was. Dick Geron was coach. Like they've, I bet you they've won like fifteen of like sixteen against us, something like that. Fifteen of twenty, guaranteed. I <laughs> fucking Dumber, he's back at it. I see Chicago winning four or five games. Um, I first of all, all due respect for the Lions because I really do appreciate what kind of a roster they've put together. But I, I think all think I Nick, will be right. disappointed. Nick's I right. I'm sorry, not right. to interrupt. He's right. Trubisky won on a on a Monday night game out there. I've forgotten like oh, week three. That's right. That's, that's right. right. Yeah, that's my bad. That's my bad. They did win yeah. in in nineteen. Um, I I would be super disappointed if we don't win all of these home games, particularly if we're going to make that leap. That I think we're and it's going to be difficult to make that leap because there's so many new players, but. I gotta believe that this coaching staff is going to improve their coaching and that the players are going to gel because the GM has done such a meticulous job of putting together a roster that should complement one another. Yes, we still have some pass rushing holes. Yes, so so hopefully we'll acquire a Leonard Floyd or or another pass rusher. But I, I think we have to beat uh, Jordan Love in week one. I will be fucking devastated if we lose that fucking game i'm and almost glad that you told me no on that one because if you would have been encouraging me saying yes let's go to that game dude i would have probably spent a thousand dollars on two tickets because that was <laughs> i had a dream about i don't want to sound like dr king here but um, i had a fucking dream about going to that game not about the outcome or anything but in my dream i was like you know hustling to get tickets like, I've dreamt about trying to get tickets for the game, but when you're like, no, 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 I'm going to be working on the new post game that day, so I can't go. 
that kind of lended itself to me to pick the Denver game as the second one. Because otherwise, man, those Green Bay tickets are like triple the value of every other game on the schedule. Yeah. You know, wouldn't it be cool if the Bears had to like maybe win in week 18 in order to clinch home? No, 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 it's not cool. We had that in 2013. At, in Chicago, and that's when I threw my remote. Uh, <laughs> I remember that. I've done that. Yeah, the, the Randall Cobb play, yes. a 28-20 to 20 lead in the fourth quarter. Julius Peppers lets Rodgers break contain, and then our safeties decide to play with their penis or wh- whatever the fuck they were doing. Uh, it's like, how did they get 12 yards of fucking separation on a fourth down and long? Unbelievable. But oh, I, my scenario is let's say, you know, they have they're in the playoffs, but they have to win week 18 to clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs. How about then, this? Clinch clinch the, the the division with the win and a loss they're still in as a wild card or something. Yeah. I mean you deal with my, that. My point is, you know, I'd fucking fly you in and let's say, hey, we're going to Green Bay week 18 because this is gonna be a fun game to go oh, and, man. and piss off Packer fans. But back to the schedule, got to win all these home games. And so you now, really do like going to Lambeau, don't you? I don't mean to cut you off. I, I do. Just, I do. I, it's because that guy Ron history. says that he lives in Wisconsin now. Like, I, I have no, like, I told you back in 99, I was working at Hot Topic and they were pressuring me to go to a gay bar. And again, I don't like, I don't even like quote unquote straight bars, like regular bars, or mm-hmm. not that I'm saying gay bars are irregular. I'm just saying, I didn't want to go to that anymore. I want to go to the regular bar, but everyone assumed I was a bigot. And what I said in response was, I mean, first off, I said, well, I'm liberal. I don't give a fuck. But, but I said, I wouldn't want to go see the Packers and Lambeau either. It's not my scene. You get it? And uh, they still thought I was a bigot. So I've been professing my entire adult life that I didn't want to go to Lambeau Field is my point. <laughs> you reminded me of a story. This was when I was in my early 20s. My car broke down. And so I got to call a mechanic. I see a bar. I enter a bar. And Is this when John Wayne Gacy tried to pick you up? <laughs> no, I need to share that story someday. But it was a gay bar. I didn't realize it was a gay bar. So I'm not, this is how long, how long ago it was. It was a payphone. They were, didn't have cell phones back then. And so, you know, I, I'm trying to find a um, a tow truck to get my car to a shop and guys are coming up to me and say, Hey, can I buy your drink? <laughs> <laughs> you should have said, yes, yes. That's what girls do it. Like, I, I don't, I'm never going to fuck this guy, but I'll let him buy me a drink. <laughs> I thought about it. And then I realized, wait a minute, is, is he going to fucking put a roofie in it? And I'm going to wake up with a poor ass and stuff. And then you wake up with Jeffrey Dahmer telling you, we have to watch this show before you can leave. Exactly. Uh, all right. So we win every home game. So let's pick the that, That's really game. ambitious though. You have to admit. Saying you're going to win. I don't think we've won every home game since Ditka was coach. Yeah, you're right. I think I'm pretty sure you're right. But give me, uh, other than the Lions week 14, give me, and and we're coming off a bye then, uh, uh, Dan. So we should be well prepared for that Lions team. But uh, the Cardinals, the Cardinals are are probably going to be the worst team in the NFL. And and it's Christmas Eve. That's Christmas Eve. So they probably, it's going to be cold more than likely. They're they're not going to want to be there on paper. That looks like a win. And then you got new year's Eve with the Falcons. Maybe that their quarterback will be like Rex was for us in 06 saying he was thinking about new year's and 
threw a bunch of picks. Um, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but okay, so Carolina's on a short week on a Thursday. We act, we that would behoove us to win that because we have their draft pick next year. So we really need to drop the hammer on the Panthers, and it'll help us get a higher pick from them. But still, you never know what Oakland can, or I'm sorry, Las Vegas can. I, I still want to call them Oakland so fucking badly. But you you have the Raiders. Denver, you know, I know Russell Wilson was terrible last year, but, you know, they've got Sean Payton now. They should be better. Minnesota, you again, are they capable of beating us? Yes. Uh, Detroit is, but certainly Green Bay. The Green Bay's the one. If I'm writing a fucking, like, term paper of my life, you remember Bears 119, and we're so sure this is our Super Bowl. We'd have should have beaten Philly in the double doink in 18, and this is it, man. We're going, they were going, and we lose. Trubisky's picked off in the end zone by our former teammate and Adrian Amos. John Fox's first game in 15. We got Green Bay at home opening day. It's going to be a new era. We got that bum Trussman out of here, and we still, we had a lead at the half. We still lose. So, it, uh, Cleo Mack's first game. Remember, we had a big lead, and Mack's showing off on Sunday night football, and then we blow it, lose like an 18 point lead. It's like, we always find a way to lose to them. So I can't take that for granted until we beat them. As far as I'm concerned, they're the favorites. They're the favorites. They're the bully. They've been smacking us in the fucking face, taking our money and like cuckolding us, like putting our women, like doing a Richard Ramirez where they like, or what was that serial killer's name that uh, the K2 killer, whatever, the guy that would make you like the guy watch him fuck his wife. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's like what they're doing to us. They're like fucking our women, taking our money for like a decade, two decades, three decades. It's been sodomizing us to tears, man. So to me, until we beat Green Bay, that's an L. And I hate to say that. I want it to be a W so bad. I'm like a guy that has a crack pipe that desperately needs to fill it with drugs. Like I tell badly I want to win that game. But in the same regard, we always find a way to lose to them. Times. My rant is over. My rant is over. That was a good one. I was thinking about it. Sorry, man. It's just, I've got, I don't want, everyone says they have PTSD and I don't want to mock that again, especially my dad was in Vietnam. So, you know, I'm not trying to be insensitive to soldiers, but my God, like 30 years of getting your ass kicked by this team. Like I, I just, again, NFC championship game. We're going to the Super Bowl. It's in Chicago and we lose. And the fat guy that's 450 pounds gets a pick six on us and Jay gets hurt and, it's just like everything always goes wrong. Don't you feel this? I mean, everyone's got to relate to this, right? I, I mean, yeah, I, I relate to it because it's so recent, you know, the, this, the, the past two decades. It's been 30 years, though. The past two or three de- decades. But I did leave through, live through that Ditka era, that Bears oh, era where they were dominating the. And what happened? They body slammed Jim McMahon and cost us a fucking back to back championship. They did. They did. <laughs> they did. Uh, Bruce Ollie Walter Jordan is saying, uh, hey, YouTube is in focus, although I think your stroke fixed your vision. Oh, God. <laughs> That's terrible. Please bring me more stroke jokes. I love them. <laughs> but I'm, I'm more confident than you are. Fuck the past. This is new. This is a new team, new quarterback, new. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying we're going to lose. I'm just scared. That's all. No, I'm I know. afraid of that I, I know, and, and I, I don't blame you for being scared. I mean, I, I usually go into this feeling, you know, uh, trying to be a realist. But I, yeah. I, I think realistically we can win all of our home games. How are you going to feel, just hypothetically, if it's a Tuesday, September uh, 12th, and we're sitting here and, like, Jordan Love got us? 
and we're zero and one. Oh, it's going to be a nasty taste. I mean, that it's like if you had to masturbate today and eat your own finish, <laughs> that would taste that would taste better than losing to Jordan Love in Week One. Uh, so, uh, or even whoops, if Fields would get hurt. Are you oh, saying that you would eat your own cum if we won every home game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying if we could beat Green Bay in week one, I would eat my own cum on video. <laughs> if, it meant, if it meant that we, I will take that sacrifice. And I pledge to all of you right now on May 23rd, 2023, <laughs> that I've never tasted my own shit. Never. So... And I, I've certainly never, you know, done anything with another individual that had a piece. So. Hey, how about, that, how about that scene in Yellow Jackets when, uh, what's her name, is getting her uh, her husband's best friend to jerk off to make it seem like they had Oh, sex. like they had the affair, yeah. <laughs> yes, and so he's in the washroom. He can't fucking get it up or he can't come and stuff, and all of a sudden he sees some lotion. And that's what he puts into the condom, and the cops come in, and, and the guy is smelling the condom. Hmm. Hmm. Roses. <laughs> That's what I want. I want you to really come and put your rose-scented semen in a condom when we beat the Packers week one, all right? No, no, no. I want to beat the Green Bay Packers. I was saying I was willing to do that if it somehow meant it would, like, make the football gods give us that win. Gotcha. gotcha. It's kind of like how back in the day I said I would blow Aaron Rodgers if the Bears would win the Super Bowl. It wasn't just to blow him for funsies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so, <laughs> but I'm glad you cleared that up. <laughs> I'll even say that if, because I don't want to seem like I'm picking on or being homophobic or something, I'll say Virginia McCaskey's what? Is she 100 now? I think she is, yes. Well, my, my God, if the Bears could beat Green Bay, I, I would go down <laughs> on Virginia McCaskey for an hour. I don't know what the results would be for something like that. You know but how I everyone, give it my best effort. You know how everyone, uh, every once in a while, somebody leaves a comment on our YouTube channel after seeing a, a, a portion of our show, and they leave a critical comment. Well, because we're too filthy, or I'm too dirty, or whatever. <laughs> because we are, yeah. That, that's the show. So somebody, this was from the show um, I, I, about two, three weeks ago, when we started to introduce the the weather woman with the big butt and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody left the comment saying. I came on here to listen to Bears talk, not see a bunch of grown men talk about a, a woman's big ass. <laughs> so I responded, well, thanks for trying anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was like the first episode we ever did. The very first one we did together, like it ended up, you know, some sex stories came up and it was all impromptu. It's not like we had an agenda. It just right. like, the conversation went rolling and it was just like the one guy was just like, I'm so appalled. Like, I don't give a fuck who you had sex with in 1996 or whatever it was. And there's just the one guy that was so mad. And it's just like, dude, we say at the beginning of the show, it's rated R. I mean, yeah, it's like, what are you, you know, I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> Triple R says he's been checking out some GILF porn lately. And it isn't a horror. How about some double G GILF, like a great grandmother. I'd like to find <laughs> Jesus, you're terrible. <laughs> okay. All right. So, you had to do one of the Golden Girls. Now, I know a lot of I don't are they all are they have they all died now? All four of them? Uh Betty White is gone, right? Right. I, I'm pretty sure uh Rue McClanahan is gone. Yeah. Uh B. Arthur and who else is the other one? Uh, and Sophia was uh uh 
Gosh, he was the youngest of the of the, the group of them. I can't even think. Estelle Getty. Estelle Getty, yes. So are they all are they all gone? And if and my question was gonna be if you had to sleep with one of them, I'm taking Blanche myself because she seems like the one who's like, you know, she's gonna lick your balls, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, uh, Blanche, uh, what's her, uh, Rue McClanahan? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, hands down, uh, B. Arthur would be like having sex with George McCaskey, I think. <laughs> I think Dorothy would want a Pegasus, I really do. <laughs> All right, back to the schedule. I want to know from you which of these road games really scares you outside, of course, the Chiefs game. Well, uh, Tampa, again, those games in Florida, you can't underestimate the heat. If you remember that Miami game in 2018 that we should have had, and they gave up like two 75-yard touchdown passes late in the, in the second half on mm -hmm. screen passes, no less, just because the team was just fucking dying because of that heat. So you mm -hmm. can't underestimate that. Again, the Washington game scares me because we typically, I know we won in 19, as I was reminded by, but typically we lose to them, and it's another Thursday night game like last season. Mm -hmm. uh, New Orleans is always a, a house of horrors for us. Now we've won some games down there, but remember Zach Miller almost died oh, down there with yep. his leg on a touchdown that they took away from him, which was we, just incendiary. And we would have won that game. Uh, exactly. If it wasn't for that, yeah. And Jay, Jay Cutler got kicked in the throat down there in 2011. He could barely talk in the presser. That's how dirty that era of Saints football was. And Greg Williams was like giving their bounties and people money to hurt the quarterback. Uh, Let's see, you know, Minnesota, we usually uh, do okay up there. It seems like we've been losing, but it's like it's competitive. Detroit should be competitive. Uh, hopefully Fields gets revenge on the Browns late in the season. Uh, yeah, yeah. so the ones I really – you never know. We should probably have more Bear fans than Charger fans in, in Los Angeles. So I'm going to say the short answer is obviously KC, they're the champs, but Washington and Tampa bothers me. Tampa because of the heat, Washington because of that – history of losing but again new orleans is no walk in the park yep uh, they they have Derek carr i mean he you know for years has been an underachiever with the raiders but you know maybe he turns it around this season and, and is good down there i don't know yeah see I, I i by the way that game in tampa bay i would love to go to that game uh, i saw that cliff victoria said he's he's nailed some tickets and and uh somebody else i think it was the heart foundation I, actually i think it was the heart foundation says do you think that justin fields has week 15 circled on his uh schedule uh to get payback on the browns yeah that's a, that's a good point Hart. um but tampa bay i think we're i really do believe we're going to win that one the ones that i'm worried about is kc Washington, one of those two games, weekend eight and nine, I doubt we're going to sweep those two games. We'll probably split. So that's three losses. The game in Detroit on the 19th of November, I think the Detroit is probably going to be playing some good football around them. So that's four losses. And then that's it. I think the Bears team can go 13 and four. I don't really. forget the last game in Green Bay, typically – even going back to when, like, remember in 2010, we could have knocked Green Bay out. And to Lovey's credit, he tried to, but we lost that game in the season finale up there. Uh, we lost the season finale to them in 06. You know, like, even in 01, man, when we were 13 and three, two of the losses were to the Packers. So it's just like, man, I, I can't count that as a win yet either. I mean, I just can't. Like, I, I, I see this schedule in a broad, ambiguous sense as being one that things go right. 
Mm-hmm. At the very least, we're in playoff contention. And that, to me, is hope. After watching, like when Je- Jenny dumped me in your house after the Dolphins game, Mm-hmm. And we haven't won a game since. Literally, we lost every game. The rest of the I haven't won a fucking game since. <laughs> she put like a fucking like Twilight Zone second reference to Twilight Zone, some kind of hex <laughs> on me and the Bears specifically. So the the after that kind of season, it's like uh, the fact that we have hope, and we it, it looks like we have a quarterback that's ascending. The arrows up. I'm all in. Like I have hope. So that's man. Again, on May 23rd, this shit feels good, man. Yeah, I, um, I it's it's weird because I think I sound like you now because you usually are, take a very optimistic approach and you sound a little pessimistic. I don't want to sound pessimis- pessimistic. It's just the Green Bay losses are the ones. It, it, and again, history, I, I can't forget history. So mm-hmm. it, it's hard for me. To just, I know it's a new era. They have a new quarterback. I've always said that their coach looked like the guy from one of the Munchkins from Wizard of Oz, and that you know his his record was inflated by Rodgers's talent. I still mm-hmm. believe that. So I could say that the Bears are a better team than them, but let's prove it. I, I just want to prove it. And that Washington game, still, like I said, we always find a way to lose to them, seemingly. So those are three games where I'm just like, ah, because of the past, I'm not sure. But like, I hope that they win all three of them. And I mean. Who's the who's, I'm I'm a brain fart. Who's the quarterback with Washington? You know what? I don't know because it's not. It's <laughs> Where's not. Wentz at now? Is Wentz, Wentz is somewhere else, right? Ty, yeah. Um, or is he still there? Sam Howe. Thank you, John Tucci. Where's Sam Carson Wentz at now? Does anybody know? Uh, Remember, there was talk that the Bears are going to go after him a few years ago, and I was emphatic saying no. For one, the guy is terrible hygiene, and you can't. You don't want a stinking ass guy in your locker room. Yes, exactly. I think I saw Carson Wentz at the car wash. The, 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 For real, is he with Washington though? Is he? I is think he he's unsigned. Is he? I think Tooch says he's unsigned. I, I wow, that's unbelievable. The guy was supposedly a, a, a MVP candidate a few years ago and is out of the league. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And somewhere, I, Chase Daniel has a job guaranteed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I got to believe that this guy is not the best locker room influence, you know, uh, or, you know, he just, I think he thinks that he's much better than he is. Uh, oh, I've told, I agree with that. I told you a story a hundred times. And anyone wants to go back when Philly won the Super Bowl. Again, that was with our, our boy, big Nick, uh, big Dick, Nick, Nick mm-hmm. Bowles, who, you know, for years, everyone's talked about how great his cock was. So I want to give him that love. But so the, the Phillies just upset New England and the cameras on Foles because they've just announced that Foles is the MVP. So you could hear the audio and Wentz goes up, the confetti's falling and Wentz goes up to Foles and says, next, next year, this is going to be me right here winning the Super Bowl MVP. It's like the dude just won the game, literally just announced the championship and you're going and shitting on him as soon as they announce it. Like that to me showed a lack of character. Indeed. By the way, Ron's in the chat room. Run! Oh, they, no, that's not our run. The run that's supposed to come on, his name starts with an M. Oh, that's right. Uh, M- Milinski. I, I said it right last week. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to like say it wrong this week, and then Ron's like, I'm not giving you those tickets now. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking no. forward to meeting Ron. Uh, again, I don't even know if you knew this, how the story went. 
uh, so initially, because he was like, okay, what game do you want? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, what about that Packers game week? Ah, oh, no, no, he was going to that one. Okay, so what about Denver? Denver, like Aldo likes wants to watch Russell Wilson live. He's like, oh, that's my birthday weekend. So then that's when we went, what about the Raiders? And he's like, okay, I will hook you up with the Raiders tickets. So, but the point is, if we're going to be there, we need we need to meet Ron on his birthday weekend for, uh, for Denver because he's going to be there. All right. I don't think right. you share the same passion with me, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I do actually. You know, photo. I, I, here's here's the thing that I one of the things that I'm worried about uh, post stroke is that I got a bad memory, and now that I've had this mini stroke, is my memory going to get worse? Am I going to you know, uh, well, like when you when I pick you up at the airport, am I going to look at you and say, uh, "Excuse me, are you Dan Aguirre? <laughs> well. No, I was kidding. thinking about that too, not trying to be funny. I was like, well, if this, if, if it, if they tell you not to drive, uh, we'll either have to stay at that, that hotel and walk to the game or take yeah. an Uber back and forth from your house. And that Uber is like 80 bucks is, uh, cause when we left uh, the United center, um, Buffon, John Buffon paid for the Uber, uh, and that was $80, man. So oh, yeah, no, I, I should be able to drive by then. Hell yeah. Um, Leo asked, do uh, you know how to cook Dan Aguirre? No, no, no. I, I, I suck at that. Like I need, I, I need a woman in my life for more than one reason. Women class <laughs> me up. Man. Women class me up. Just a smell. Like if a woman showers in your house yeah, and uses right. like the girl products, you know, like whatever they're the, the shit they rub on their legs, whether, whatever it is, it's just, it makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. Like it just, I need a woman in my life for those kind of things. And, and cooking sadly is one of the things that i need them for too but so you never cook yourself a meal when you're at home i mean i can i can cook like you know basic stuff that i wouldn't want anyone else to eat you know (laughs) (laughs) i can get by i can't cook i can't be classy and cook a woman a meal like oh look this is my i'm not john ritter on three's company you know like i i i'll just take them out to dinner because i i can't i don't know what the fuck i'm doing (laughs) that's funny all right, it is time to bring in the Toochster. He, uh, I, I just mentioned that. And I took a look back at his picture. And John, don't weird. have your mic on mute. Do not have that. Unmute that fucker right now. Yes. All right. So let me bring him in now, and let me change the background first. All right, Tooch. Get in here, brother. There he is. How's, am I, how's my mic sound? Sounds nice, man. Good. It's All not, right. It's not crackling or anything like yeah. that. Last last week, I, past couples and crackly. I think I it was because you mic. you had the oh you got a new one huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at you. Did you hit a big bat? One two. I've been pretty hot lately, man. Just I noticed. Really hot. So Tonight you, just kind of average though, you know. Well, keep getting keep getting yeah. hot, man. We need uh, yeah. we need you to get a new computer next. Yeah. <laughs> just, just glad you're back though all the glad to hear you're okay you know I, I had a steak burrito with a glass of milk today heard a billy squire song on the radio and thought of you you know you got, you, you got knocked down but got up like cap boso and shook the turf out of your helmet <laughs> i love it the reference but can you all tell me what game that was because i know that <laughs> was versus the jets i think monday night that's right uh, monday night football week monday four 1991 cap who I believe that may would be have been his last game. I think he they they found that his knee was or something was hurt later that week. He never played again. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> oh, by the way, look at Notorious says that uh, Henry Ruggs took a plea deal that drops his punishment from 40 to three years. Holy shit. Oh. That's a hell of a plea deal. Fuck. Is he going to suck the DA's dick? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I forgot what he did. Was it like a car crash or something? Yeah. See, some, somebody Killing died somebody. in there. Yeah. yeah. So you got a uh, state of affairs for us, Emil? I got a state of affairs. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't wait for this. Yeah. Great job last week with the state of affairs. Yeah. And uh, we had we had Tucci's dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> No more of that, please. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. This is Bears. All right. Jamming to the Bears State of Affairs theme. Off season week 19. What's happening? Bar flies. Well, the Bears started OTAs this week. Yes, the Bears will meet as a team, veterans and rookies, for 10 voluntary workouts at Hallis Hall. These voluntary practices will be held off and on from now to June 8th. And like every Bears offseason, there are many storylines and many questions, just like Aldo and I always say. All eyes are on Justin Fields this offseason. In 2022, Fields established himself as arguably the league's best rushing quarterback. In 2023, can Fields take the next step and improve in the passing game? GM Ryan Poles has added weapons to help Fields this offseason. Along the same lines, everyone will be watching to see how comfortable Justin Fields is in year two of Luke Getze's offense, as well as how improved Fields is with his mechanics. Another big question is, where will the pass rush come from? The Bears really don't have a big-name pass rusher on their roster yet. Will Ryan Poles make a splash in free agency with one of the remaining big-name free agents? Or will he wait for June 1st roster cuts? This question is probably top of mind for many Bears fans, and with good reason. The Bears finished last in the league in sacks. One name that isn't getting much attention is Broncos pass rusher Randy Gregory. He signed a massive five-year contract with Denver Broncos last season. Then he missed 11 games with a knee injury and finished with only two sacks. Well, the arrival of a new coaching staff in Denver and his status quo, his status in limbo, could the Broncos be regretting that contract? Trading Gregory after June 1st would save Denver $14 million in cap space. Any team acquiring him would no longer have to worry about paying most of the guarantees in that deal. Despite only playing six games last year, Gregory still had 20 pressures. That is more than al Qadim Muhammad had last year, and he played almost double the snaps. Gregory is big, long, and athletic, so he fits the athletic profile poles and Eberflus covet. Or could it be Leonard Floyd bringing back the former Bear? Something to watch for as June 1st approaches. As well, Bears' offensive line remains a big question mark. Who will be the starting five? The offensive line was a major focal point for the Bears this offseason after Fields was sacked 55 times in 15 games last season. And while the projected starting group returns three starters from the previous season, Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, and Cody Whitehair, the two new additions, Nate Davis and rookie Darnell Wright, will probably shore up the right side of the line. OTAs will be the first time this offensive line will work together as a unit. 
The only question is whether to be Whitehair or Lucas Patrick at center. Whitehair appears to have the early lead, much to the chagrin of Bears fan Dam. Though we could see them share reps during the offseason and training camp. Other things to watch for at OTAs include the new look wide receiver and running back rooms. And how well Pole's second draft class performs. Also, with the long list of injuries the Bears suffered last season, many will be watching to see how players look after coming back from major injuries. The two most prominent players due back from injuries are Eddie Jackson and Darnell Mooney. Those two likely will miss off-season workouts, but the hope is that they will be ready by the time training camp rolls around in July. In other news, rookie running back Roshan Johnson signs his contract with the Bears leaving only Gervon, Dexter, and Tyreek Stevenson as the only remaining unsigned rookies from this year's draft class. And in happier news, Justin Fields and Cole Komet graduated from college this offseason. Yeah, the two players both went back to their alma maters to finish their undergraduate degrees. Congratulations! Next graduation is to the NFL playoffs. Fly, my children, fly! That is Bear State of Affairs, although... <laughs> Hey, on this day in 1980, May 23rd, 1980, and to commemorate that, I sent you a photo of the guy dressed as a furry about to blow the guy in the overlook. <laughs> so, <laughs> I sent it to your phone. It's it's real late in the film, and it's like when Shelley Duvall is kind of just seeing all the ghosts and stuff, but she sees a random clip of the guy dressed as a lion about ready to, to blow a guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. This is a moment in cinematic history. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, yeah, is that Don Burr? That's a Don <laughs> Burr as, as, as the lion. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great state of affairs there, Mr. Tooch. Yeah, and well, uh, to compliment what yeah. you just uh, said, I got some clips from today's OTA. So I'd love to share right. those with you guys and get reaction. The, one, the first clip that I have is uh, Justin Fields talking about how comfortable he is now that he is is familiar with the offense. Basically, what's the difference between coming into OTAs this year as opposed to last year? It's the first you know season I'm going into where it's you know my second year knowing the offense, so definitely feel you know more comfortable um, in it just with my reads and stuff like that. You know, just seeing what the defense is doing and stuff like that. So I mean, it's it's truly amazing um, when you just have that feeling going in, kind of you know knowing where your guys are going to be um, more comfortable with the footwork stuff. So. Um, you know, it's been great. Got to work on stuff in the off season of, you know, what I need to work on and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just having that, you know, second year uh, experience from last year and stuff like that, just with the same offense, is it's it's great. That's why they're going to win, Tooch, every freaking home game this season. Did you hear me talking about that when we we're looking at the schedule? And what do you think mm -hmm. about my prediction? Well. I, last week I was talking about like eight, nine wins, you know, for the whole and, and, uh, Vegas has them at over under a seven and a half, which I think, you know, eight is 
mm-hmm. probably pretty fair. Uh, I, I love, I, I talked about last week too. I love the way we're bookended by Packers games against the Packers, you know, that's like mm-hmm. perfect. So you can measure ourselves against the Packers with like no, no games. And then, mm-hmm. you know, how far each team, our mortal enemies and us have progressed throughout the season, you know, yeah. like and I, as I said, really like that, that first game is going to set the tone for this, for the whole season. And then the last game will set the tone going into the offseason. You know, whatever we do, if we lose, it's going to be, you know, depressing for a little while during the season. But if we lose that last game, it'll probably be, you know, depressing for a little bit longer into the offseason. Yeah, I'm making about eight games, eight and nine. I think 11, 11 is realistic, though, given the Bears have, uh, I think, the 18th toughest schedule out of 32 mm-hmm. teams. Based on Here's my year. most brazen, bold prediction. For any other team, this wouldn't be that big of a deal. But it's never happened for the Bears. Never. No exaggeration. We're the only team, I think, even the fucking Texans. Yeah, because they had Watson. We're the only team in the league that hasn't had a 4,000-yard passer in a single season. That's happening this year. Yes! My man Justin Fields is throwing for 4,000 yards in 2023. Yes! You feel that way now after listening to what his comfort level with the I felt that way, like... Last year, I was like, next year he's going to take a big step because it's not happening right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this is him talking about uh, what he felt like when he saw that the Bears put some investments into the offense with the acquisition of, you know, the wide receiver, work on the offensive line and so forth. Uh, It's awesome for me, Um, you know, just getting that trust from the coaching staff and, you know, you guys don't see it, but, um, you know, we communicate all the time. Uh, we trust each other fully. So, um, yeah, just, just having them behind me. Um, they know the kind of leader I am, you know, to my teammates. Uh, they know how great I want to be. They know the, the work I put in. So, um, you know, it's just great to have them behind my back for sure. I'm glad that he shared that, that they've talked a lot behind the scenes. And, uh, yeah, you know, Ryan Pulse isn't calling him asking for draft advice or anything like that. But he's he was clearly in constant communication with the coaching staff. They've injected him with a lot of confidence. They've told him what to work on. Uh, they've given him weapons. This is the year, Dan Aguirre. You're going to be so fucking happy. I think in hindsight, again, I'm, maybe I'm projecting this. But remember how many times did we say in January, February, March, and we were just like, why don't they just come and like put an arm around Justin and say, you're our guy instead of having him like, remember he's on Rich Eisen and he's kind of like, I don't know, but maybe, maybe he did know. Mm-hmm. But again, it was that posture of like the, the devil's advocate position. Like we want teams to think that we're open for business and that maybe we're going to draft somebody. So you better come talk to us, you better make a trade offer. Uh, but the whole time I kept thinking, I wish that they would embrace Justin. Maybe they did do that behind the scenes. Like with that last clip you just pointed out, maybe uh, Ryan Poles did say, hey, you're my, I didn't draft you, but you're still my guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, I got the impression that they were kind of they, – they may have bobbled that a little bit by not doing what you said that you wish you would have seen, giving them that, you know, put their arm around them and publicly say – you know, he's he's the guy. They play I think they played a little bit of that trade card thing, the trying to drive up the value of that first pick by maybe sending signals out that they might be interested in looking at another quarterback. You know, in hindsight, it probably wasn't the best thing for them to do, but clearly just listening to him and listening to 
the coaching staff and Ryan Pulse's previous press conferences, he's the guy. And there's high expectations, and I think that we should all have high expectations for him. We should not see that inaccuracy that we saw, particularly with short passes. We should see him get rid of the ball much faster. He was hit 221 times last season, and that was by far the most of any NFL quarterback. That's got to like be slashed by down to 50 or 70, which is, I think, what Mahomes was hit. So that has to happen this season, and if and if not, I we can't. I don't think we will be able to blame it entirely on the offensive line like so many of us fans have. It's going to be because he has to know this offense, know where to get the ball to, challenge his wide receivers to go up and get the ball and so forth. Uh, and and I really do believe he's going to get it done. Zach Sullivan isn't here. He's he, Zach Sullivan is one of the biggest <laughs> skeptics about uh, about Justin. All right, I want to play. Um, this is, you know, and the, the biggest perhaps acquisition that Fields had, uh, you know, Fields got this, year, this season was DJ Moore. So this is uh, Justin Eberflus and linebacker Tremaine Edmonds talking about DJ Moore, the newly acquired wide receiver. Um, I was excited, of course. Woke up from the nap and, you know, saw that it happened. Um, people blowing up my phone like I just got traded. So, um, nah, uh, everybody was excited. So, um you know, uh, DJ brings, you know, a great talent to this team. Um, and just his personality uh, just fits in well with everybody, um, really from the first day he got here. So uh, he's a hard worker, of course, a great player. And and just, you know, his personality, I think, you know, just the way he acts around the guys, he just fits in very well with our team. So definitely um, excited about that. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, I've been, you know, had the pleasure of, of watching him for a while now. Um, and I want to say we got drafted the same year. Um, so... You know, just seeing him over at Carolina, seeing the good things that he's done at Carolina, um, obviously makes me excited just to know, you know, he's on our team now, you know what I mean? And to see those, um, you know, spectacular plays, to see those big-time catches and, you know, when, when a play needs to be made to have a guy, you know, that can make those plays, you know, obviously that means a lot to our team. And, um, you know, it's just it's, like, that's another guy that makes you excited about what's to come. Uh, you know, strength, speed, body control, um, great hands. Um, I think he knows how to use his body to get open. So, um, you know, I think that's a big part of, you know, receivers. And, um, you know, he knows how to tempo routes. So he's rarely ever going to be running 100% on all the routes. You know, he has that second gear to go get the ball. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, that's what makes him a great receiver, just his understanding of the coverages, seeing the defense well and stuff like that. So, Yeah, the first thing I would say is speed. I mean, I just saw that. You know, yesterday I was like, "Wow, there's a, there's some there's a different gear there," you know. So that was exciting to see uh, yesterday and today. And, um, you, you feel the speed, you feel the, you know, the the ability, the how he run routes. Um, you could just see all that type of stuff. You know, his ability to get open. Um, I mean, all the all the type traits that you look for for a receiver. I mean, you see it in him. So you know, to have a guy like that, it just makes you excited. Yeah, it's it's pretty rare when you got a guy that can run the route, have the route discipline that he has, and, and the FBI that he has, and then also that speed and talent that he has. So we're we're excited about where he is right now. Let me just say right off the top, mm-hmm. I loved Ed, Ed Tremaine Edmonds' uh, hoodie. I want yeah. I want to buy that, and <laughs> I hated the one that Eberflus was wearing, that doo doo brown, whatever the fuck he was wearing. That was awful. But go yeah. ahead. It- 
No, I was just going to say, I, I, I agree with that. I looked at that really closely. I was trying to de- to determine. It looked like a Cleveland Browns shirt. Yeah, or, or like one of those military shirts, uh, which, you know, frankly, I, I salute our military as much as anyone else. But the NFL overdoes it a little bit with some of that stuff, particularly since I've learned that a lot of that money that they raise with the military stuff, not much of it gets to the U.S. military or our veterans. Maybe that's changed since there was an expose on it two or three years ago. The same. Thing I hope the breast the- cancer awareness stuff goes to breast cancer research. Yeah, well, that that was part of what how they uncovered that is somebody did some research into how much money does the breast cancer foundation or whatever those programs that make people aware that they should get the, their breasts examined earlier in life than before. How much money do they get? And the NFL wasn't given much. They were keeping most, most of that money to themselves. Damn, I, I usually buy the, the October stuff for the ladies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, knowing that that's not going to women, like really upsets me. Actually, it, it pisses it pisses me off. I think they've changed it since they since the news came out. At the very least, though, I appreciate the fact that they are making people aware. There have been stories that uh, women were watching a football game and they saw a commercial during a game, a PSA regarding it, and they went and got checked, and it helped them uh, uh, get checked out before something serious, more serious happened. Um, but uh, DJ Moore, how excited are you guys? Tooch, how excited are you that uh, this kid is going to be the number one wide receiver for the Bears? Man, I, that little clip, was, that little montage of clips got me a little excited there. Although, mm-hmm. all, you know, got some wood. Just uh, <laughs> excited. It's like, you know, it's like we're getting so so much closer to the season, you know? Yep. Like uh, less than three months we'll be uh, watching some uh, preseason ball, and then, bam. Right do, do, do you think, you know, there are some people that I've seen on social media saying, you know, well, DJ Moore is really not a number one wide receiver. What, what do you guys think about uh, that claim that he's Blast not me. really? Isn't that wild? <laughs> I mean, doesn't he feel arms yeah. length? He feels so much better to me as our number one than Allen Robinson did. I don't want to shit on Allen Robinson so much. It's not my motive, but when you say DJ Moore's the number one, it feels like that's not as much a, like I'm wanting to be, I hope he's number one the way Allen Robinson was. Like DJ Moore feels like a number one. Allen Robinson felt like we want him to be number one. I thought Allen Robinson was really a number one and he had two back-to-back seasons where he had a hundred receptions. You know, I think Robinson uh, suffered a little bit from a bad offensive coordinator and an average at best quarterback. Um, Same thing with, what do you think Dan Aguirre about Mushu Muhammad? He's a guy, you know, that's three. three Yeah. He had uh, some big years in Carolina that especially in 04, which was prompting his acquisition with us in 05. But when he left, despite going to the Super Bowl and being with us two in the playoffs, two or three years of the bears, he, he said that uh, Chicago is where wide receivers go to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I don't know why he was so bitter in that aspect, but I, Musa Muhammad uh, didn't have the same production because again, you had that one year with Kyle Orton throwing screen passes. Then they were all over the place in 07. So I, I think DJ Moore on paper, it feels more of a number one than both of those guys though. Yeah, uh, Retro says Mushin tainted his time with the Bears with that comment. Fuck him. You know, I, it is weird, though, that it, yeah. this just crossed my mind when we were talking about Mushin and Robinson and now DJ Moore. We've acquired three 
number one quality wide receivers from the Panthers. I hope this one goes much better than those other two. <laughs> well, no, no, Robinson came from Jacksonville. Oh, that's right. See? Yeah. But the, the, no, they came in the league at the same time, though, Jacksonville and Carolina, both in 95. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so thanks for the correction. All right, I got another one here, and it is uh, – this one's a long one. I, I listened to the entire interview with Tremaine Edmonds, and he, he just – wow, he reeks – of leadership. He reeks of a guy who is going to come into this locker room and really help the entire team. So in this three-minute soundbite, he's going to talk about leadership. He's going to talk about what he brought over from Buffalo, and he's going to talk about Eberflus's defense, and he, he might even add, talk about something else. But listen to Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, I think for me, man, it's just me. I'm being myself, you know what I mean? And, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, go through this thing now. This is my sixth year. And, uh, you know, each year I'm continuing to learn about more and more, you know, every year and every step. And I think that's what leadership is. You know, I'm not the type of guy. You don't know everything, right? You got to learn from other guys. You got to, you know, see different ways guys want to be led. Not not in particular want to be led, but see different ways of how they learn. You know, some guys learn different from other guys. So part of being a leader is you have to see that, you know, from your teammate. You know, maybe some guys you got to get on them right there. Some guys you got to get on them. You know, one-on-one. Um, each guy is different. And, um, you know, I'm not the type of leadership and saying it got to be my way every time because I don't think that's good leadership. Good leadership is being able to listen, being able to understand that, like, everybody's different. Everybody has different personalities. Everybody responds to stuff differently. And uh, it's just about, at the end of the day, holding each other accountable, uh, making it a, a, a safe place. You know, guys can let their personalities out. You know, I tell guys every day, let your personality out, man, because that's what got you here. So there's no need to change up now. Um, but, you know, obviously everybody is dependent on one another out here. So at the same time, while I'm saying that stuff, everybody understands the responsibility it is to be great, to be a great defense, to be, a, you know, to be top of the league. So uh, it's just developing that every day, man, and, and, and meshing with one another and, um, you know, building that chemistry that, you know, every, every good team, every good defense has. With Buffalo, you know, we had some of the same guys pretty much every year. So it was obviously easier because we played together for year after year after year. So a lot of those traits that, you know, may have not been working, we, we, we improved on it. But, you know, a lot of that stuff is off the field, man. You know, I know what type of player you are when we come to work, but, you know, it's hanging out outside the building. It's doing different type of stuff, bonding type stuff. You know what I mean? I think that's what makes good teams, you know, particularly defensive side. That's what makes a good defense is, man, knowing that I could trust my brother on and off the field. And uh, that's things that we do here. You know, it's a lot of carryover, man, a lot of good guys, a lot of great guys that understand that and taking accountability. I mean, you got leaders all over the board, uh, Justin Jones, you know, obviously Eddie, um, even the young guys like, you know, Jaquan. You know what I mean? It's a lot of great guys that's leading from the front, and you could just feel that, man, and you could feel something special that's definitely brewing. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited uh, just because, man, I, you know, I feel like I'm going to be in position to make a lot of plays. And, um you know, obviously, just his background on defense, um, he has a great understanding of it, um, you know, just putting guys in position. You know, as a player, that's all you can really ask for to be in a position. Now it's up to me to go make that play. So, um, you know, I'm just excited about, you know, what what's to come, you know, just by going through it every day. You know, obviously, it's a stepping stool, you know what I mean? Like, you can't – room wasn't built in a day. You know, I told somebody that today, like, there's going to be mistakes that we have to get corrected. That's what this time is for. So it's not about going out there being perfect from day one or day two. Each day we have to continue to build, man. It's like a it's a journey. You know what I mean? You take pride in that journey because at the end of the day, 
once you know we fulfilling the dreams that we have and the comp and and you know the goals that we set forth for ourselves, it's gonna feel a lot better, man. Just knowing where we started from. So I'm excited about it. I know the guys excited, and you know we just building each and every day. Dan Aguirre, what do you think about Mr. Tremaine Edmonds? I love the acquisition, and it just feels like as bad as the defense was last year, and it was Mel Tucker bad, if not worse. I still can't discern which one was the worst, like the 2014 defense or or last year, probably last year, and that's a bold statement. But mm-hmm. it just feels like if he's not hurt, even if he doesn't perform to the level that he did in Buffalo, he's immediately – probably the best player on the team from last year's defense immediately. Is that fair? Yep. As soon as he totally. walks to the team with the 22 defense, he's the best player on the team. So I think it's a great a great acquisition. He's starting year six, but he's still, what, 25, 26? Yeah. He's still very young. Yep. So, yeah, first-round talent, great acquisition. Listening to him talk, he uh, he's – I mean, he wants to be here. I mean, obviously the check didn't hurt, but he wants to be here, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I never heard him talk before. You know, uh, going back uh, in time, I, I know uh, Phil, Phil and I wanted him over Roquan Smith. You know, so for me, we're getting this, we're getting uh, uh, a little my 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 wish fulfilled a little bit late, but hey, we'll take it. You know, absolutely. Uh, I I just, I love this Nelson kid now. Out of college. <laughs> what was yeah. that, Dan? I'm sorry to interrupt, too. I was going to say, if we could just get Quentin <laughs> Nelson now, everyone's 2018 yeah. draft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be great if we signed uh, Nelson this offseason. Oh, my gosh. Off, the offensive line, too, you know? Absolutely. I remember Shane yeah. Marsaw was a big fan of Tremaine Edmonds, too. He used to, like, love the speed and, and skills. And I think he – Edmonds had a, a – at best – average or below average rookie season and a lot of people are saying well he's not as good as he's thought but it was just he was young you know and he just needed to get acclimated to the league but i look at this guy's tape and this guy is so perfectly suited for this uh defense i think that's a big reason why they the polls and company made him such a high priority in this free agency because they see that this guy is can make the guys around him better so he was like uh, the youngest player in the league is rookie year, like 20 years old, 19 or 20. Yeah. Out of school. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Um, Notorious says he's everything we wished Roquan would have been without the prima donna antics. Yeah, I got to agree. You know, I think Roquan, I loved Roquan and what he did on the field. It, you know, he had a couple of bad games here and there, but uh, there was just something going on with his – I didn't. I don't think he had the leadership skills that this guy has, Edmonds. You know, I don't think he's going to mysteriously miss a game. I don't think. Yeah, the Minnesota guy. I still want to know what happened with that. We, well, I guess, we'll never know. Yeah, you know, we need to. Uh, we need to reach out to a Mark Grody or some of these beat Chicago Bears beat reporters and grill them and get them on the show and grill them and say, "Come on, you, you at least yeah, share Grody a lost rumor." His gig. Grody yeah. lost his gig, so it's like, what has he got to lose now? Are you serious? Grody's not at the score anymore? No, no, no. Uh, the Bears left and went to ESPN Radio, and they, they hired oh. somebody else. Now, they, they kept Joniak and Thayer, but I'm pretty sure I heard that the sideline reporter was not Grody. Yes, I, I think okay. you're right. Uh, Jason McKee, I think it's a former Bear Jason McKee, or at least he's part of the post-game show on ESPN. And so is Jerko. Look at that. Wow. Well, we'll invite all those guys and we'll see who who takes us up. But I, I would like to grill them at least, you know, 
give me a rumor. <laughs> I've always what wanted to heard? know him because, like, Tom Waddle was famously from Cincinnati and admitted that he loved the Bengals growing up, but he loves the Bears now from his days playing with the Bears. Was Yurko, who was from here but played in with Green Bay, is he a Green Bay guy and just happens to work on the radio for the in Illinois? Because, like I said, Waddle became a Chicago guy literally in the city and loves the Bears from his time playing there. And, like, you know, so what? He was a Bengals fan as a kid. But Yurko played with Green Bay. So does he have the affinity for Green Bay the way Waddle does for the Bears? Yeah, I I, I don't know that. Um, I know that he grew up in the Chicago area, which is why he really enjoys talking Bears. Um, he's a guy that we, we could – bring back we've had him on once right that's Uh, that's right it wasn't a show i was on but he was he was here on on the Mm -hmm. network once i'd like to ask him if he he really does he probably can't tell us because he works in chicago radio like do you root for green bay like don't fucking lie to us tell us well well, look at what hugh says hugh says that uh, jerko's kids are packers fans oh that that makes me angry It's like the the Bears Packers always say this not to be political, but or to exaggerate it it very much in my own mind. And maybe it just shows you that I I need to get laid more or something and not take it so seriously. But I view it like the Israelis and the Palestinians. (laughs) I do. It's like there's going to be no peace. I will hate this team forever. (laughs) Dan, if you had a son, would you be more angry if? Your son was a Packer fan or a gay person? I'd much rather him be gay and like the Bears. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being gay. So uh, <laughs> I'd much rather him – I'd rather him uh, be a serial murderer than a Packers fan. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, know, I know what teachers answer that question would be, so I'm not going to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, I – I, I ran out of time to uh, assemble some more clips from the press conference today, but it was also cool to hear, you know, uh, uh, Moore, uh, DJ Moore, he's very soft-spoken, and he really didn't offer a lot, like a really good soundbite to share. But the guy, from everything that the players have talked about with this, about this guy, and I remember when we first acquired him, there were a couple of Carolina Panthers uh, sports writers who just spoke so glowingly about what a nice guy he is, high quality, high character, helps out in the community, uh, is not a prima donna wide receiver. Uh, and so I'm super excited by him. And the fact that uh, Justin says they're really becoming good friends now and that they spend a lot of time just, you know, having fun and, and joking around and so forth. And Moore said, you know, I, I've got a personality that I will never share with the reporters, but I sh- but my teammates know about it. And so that to me is exciting because that camaraderie is so important when you're, when you're building a team, you know, it, it helps you when you, down by you know four points with two minutes to go and you need to get the ball back and and, and stuff like that you know these guys can come up to one another and, and push one another and you know and yell at one another and it's no hard feelings it's it's all about getting the ball and winning foot and playing winning football so it's it's gonna be great man it's gonna be great i i'm telling you four losses that's it i'm not changing my mind on it i don't care what happens 
<laughs> I like it. Because last year you kept saying like, Dan, I think your hopes are a little bit too high. And I was like, quit telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know you were getting mad at me. I can tell. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, maybe hopefully you're right then. Because, you know, last year ended up being so terrible. With mm -hmm. all those losses, you start two and zero oh, or two and one and finish three and fourteen. Like my God, it, it couldn't be any worse. But at least we had fields like with all these highlight plays to at least show us flashes to make us mm -hmm. think that there's hope, you know. But so yeah, we went through all that shit. So let, it's time to win now, for God's sake. I mean, uh, uh, let's reward our loyalty here, please. Yeah. So what do you think about the national media? Greg uh, mentioned this uh, briefly in his – he wanted to talk about it at length, but for some reason we didn't get a chance to. He's uh, Greg Gabriel is upset that the national media still thinks that the Bears are a four- or five-win team. Are you, are you glad – are you guys the types of fans that you like it when the media is talking bad about the Bears so that we can prove them wrong, or would you rather have them on our side? What Didn't Vegas say we were good for seven and a half or eight wins? Did, did they? I don't know. I thought so. Uh, I know that. I feel like if it's always seven, an uphill battle. Seven and a half. Okay, there you go. I always feel like it's an uphill battle. Anytime I get really mad or hot at someone and like, like ah, you know, fuck Chris Sims or whatever, and I'm just like going on this personal like war like against them, they end up being right. It's just like, like remember a few years ago, Mike Lombardi was saying, Ah, I saw so many Mitchell Trubisky jerseys. In like two years, that's going to be on a clearance rack, and everyone got so mad, including me. And mm -hmm. he was right. And it's just like I, you know what? Let them say what they want. I don't want to like waste any energy. All I can say is go Justin Fields, go Bears. Mm -hmm. Let's win. You know. Yeah, the the thing that bugs me, and I know Tuch agrees with me because we've talked about this before, is that so many members of the national media they, they can't tell you who the left tackle for the Bears. Are. Is, is oh, that's true. Season. That's so true. You know, and yet right. they go on TV and, and talk with this great air of authority, you know, and, and basically what they're many of them, you know, I don't know if many is the, the, the right quantifier, uh, but some of them will go on and talk talking points that the producer gave them 20 minutes before they went on. Well, here, here's the latest with the Bears. Here's some here's some bullet points. And they go on and, and, and use that, and they really haven't looked at tape. They really haven't uh, picked up the phone. And, you know, they've got the clout to call Hallisaw and, and say, hey, can you get me a couple of players to talk to, just a phone call so I can get some information on a team. They, they can call Chicago sports writers and get information. They can do all sorts of stuff. To, to become well-informed about the team that they're going to talk about and they're making $500,000 a season, yet they don't do it. You know, uh, it, that that's what really fucking pisses me off about the national media. They got this great fucking job and they're dissing us with their lack of preparation. Uh, really pisses me off. That's why the Barroom Network is here. We, we fucking love this team we're, and we're going to be fair-minded with our criticism. And when I say for only four losses, it's because I really mean it from the heart. I think it's capable for the Bears to win 13 games this season and lose only four. I really do think it's possible. Until proven guilty, until proven wrong. All right. Anything else about uh, OTAs that you guys are looking at to find out? There was an article in the Chicago Tribune that one of the things that's going to be interesting is to see how this offensive line shakes out because they're talking about the best five. Don't care what position they're at. 
do you think that Lucas Patrick is going to be the center, or do you think Cody Whitehair is going to be the center? I like I said this last week. I don't know what Whitehair has done in any capacity to be given the keys to the car to start at center. I just don't see it. He wasn't that. I know. Okay, so he he was the Pro Bowl alternate twenty six years ago or whatever. Okay, fine. I mean. The guy has been a part of all these struggling lines for years. His name's Whitehair now because his fucking hair's white. He's old. Let's move on from Cody Whitehair and his high snaps. It, it, hopefully it's Lucas Patrick. Thank God Mustafer's not here, though. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What, watch him have a good season. Snaps. All those yeah. bad snaps what, a couple years ago. You know, we would uh, – uh, Dan and Phil, and that would be like, how the hell is – you know, how is this guy a center in the NFL? We yeah, forgot, you defended know, I, him the way, like, because they gave you grief for defending Charles Leno, but that's the way Phil defended Cody Whitehair. It's like he like wouldn't acknowledge like the bad snaps at all. Yeah, and some of them were pretty bad. I remember was, one snap. It was hit, Dan like, and I then. I was like, this guy can't snap. Yeah, I remember yeah. one snap. He like hit his butt, you know, and, and so it, it, he just like held on to the ball too much, and it, the ball hit his butt and just never made it anywhere near the quarterback. Uh, that would be good to kind of go back and try to find those clips and, and edit those together. I bet you I'd get grilled if I did that. Um, what about um, um, so so Dan? I just heard you say Lucas Patrick over Cody White here at center, huh? Yeah, well, I hope. I, I, we kind of don't know what Patrick has got because he was hurt all last season. We know he was bad at left guard. Yeah, and we don't know what we have the Kramer guy. So uh, I'm hoping that Patrick shows the proves like this is why you guys signed me. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason Rogers like me. So let's go, you know. These guys are fucking making me hungry. They're talking about recipes. Look at re- renewable. Baked salmon with cilantro, pesto, cult salmon fillets with the cilantro pesto made from fresh cilantro, garlic, lemon juice, and olive oil. God damn, Triple R. What are you doing nice to me? salmon piece. You know, put it in the smoker about a half hour in the smoker. It's perfect. Yeah, you're a good cook, Teach. I remember you telling me. Yeah, I love cooking. I'm not Cliff Victoria level. I, uh, I, yeah, I'm having some family over this weekend, and uh, I'm going to work the grill, hot dogs, and hamburgers. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I can cook. I love a good cheeseburger, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, one other thing regarding OTAs, uh, Jalen Johnson, the cornerback of the Chicago Bears. This is a contract season. He this is voluntary, but he was one of uh, two notable players that did not show up today. Uh, guys, are you concerned at all, or are you just hey, it's voluntary? Uh, don't worry about it. What do you guys think? Feels like we were here last year with Robert Quinn. Hmm. And where did he end up with Philly? You know. Yeah. 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 I, I personally, I think it would be nice if he just sent out a social media text. I wish I was there with the boys. Had to take care of some personal business. Uh, don't worry, I'll be there soon, and so forth. Just to, you know, appease us fans, uh, because now he's not there. And then the way Eberflus handled the questions at the press conference made it seem like, hey, is there something going on here? Are you guys not on the same page? Is he pissed off that you drafted two cornerbacks in this draft? Is uh, Are the contract negotiations prior, before the draft, he said that he expected contract negotiations to start heating up soon. Well, have they not heated up and that's why he didn't show up? You know, so I, I think, you know, Greg 
uh, Gabriel put out a tweet saying, you know, ah, people make it too big a deal out of it. It's voluntary. Well, I don't know. Maybe it is a big deal. It just would be nice if, if, if players communicated a little more with fans when shit like this happens. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe right. maybe I'm too sensitive. <laughs> I don't know if he's thinking of holding that, right? So this is a, this is the last year of his contract, right? Right. This is, this yeah. is it. The other guy that didn't show up is Nate Davis, the newly acquired a right guard of the team. Uh, that, to me, is a little weird. You know, anytime you get a new player, you know, why aren't they there? But, again, Iberflu said, you know, guys, this is voluntary, and sometimes guys have things to do and so forth. He didn't seem too concerned about it, so I'll cut some Nate some slack. Oh, and one other thing, and I wanted to grab the clip, but I ran out of time. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds said about – Andrew Billings, the new defensive tackle for the Chicago Bears, was acquired from the Raiders. He's the cousin of our man RKB from the Butterfly Tailgate Show. He was talking glowingly about him. Oh, man, this guy is huge, man, and he can move. Uh, he's going to do so much out there to help out the linebackers and stuff. So I'm going to isolate that uh, clip and put it up on Twitter tomorrow and send it to my man, RKB, because uh, uh, that's exciting that the, the linebackers are talking really good about these big defensive tackles. Gervon Dexter, uh, Zach Pickens, these guys are – Big men that can move fast. That's really going to help out this defense and help out those outside pass rushers too. So super excited about that. All right, fellas, you guys ready to talk about something else other than football? Sure. Yeah. yeah all right. I saw Air. Has anybody seen Air? Fucking loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Dan, you're not going to see it because you think it's. Uh, you Everything said, said everybody said that it wasn't authentic. That it was like they just made shit up, and that, I just that kind of bothers me. If I know going in that it's all like dramatization and not actually how things went down, that that bothers me. Yeah, but you it, like it's still. Time? Yeah. Well, yeah, I liked winning time, but the things that we talked about on air week to week that I complained about were the things that were blatantly false. Yeah. Like whether if they had a game that was in Boston and in reality it was in LA, I'm like, how do you get that wrong? Shit like that bothers me. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, would I ever watch air? Yeah. yeah. Cause I like Ben F like fine, but just knowing that they just made shit up, just, you know, it, it lessens the appeal. The cast is really good, man. Yep. One well, of the I, greatest I actually... actresses working today, Viola Davis. Oh yes. She was uh, excellent actress. Yeah. It doesn't get much better than her, man. I'm telling you. I took a college course. Uh, this was back when I went to college in the 1940s. Uh, that the whole premise of the class was, you know, does a filmmaker have a responsibility to tell the story exactly the way that happened when they're doing like a yeah, biographical a film or a historical film and so forth? And the consensus after a lot of dialogue in the class is that no, the filmmaker doesn't. His his responsibility is to make an entertaining movie because it costs millions of dollars to make this movie. This is show business, not history channel. And so uh, to me, it doesn't bother me. And there's even disclaimers in the movie that say, you know, this is based on, you know, uh, uh, true stories, you know, but so, some of the characters or composites blah 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 they put the disclaimer there the point is is that the fucking movie is fabulous 
And there's a scene, Dan Aguirre, where Matt Damon, who plays Sonny Vaccaro, who worked for Nike and his job was to find the next big NBA star to sponsor their shoes. Thankfully, it wasn't Sam Bowie. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he who, does a speech who went to Portland and, and Nike's who, in Oregon. I know, know right? It's uh, it's so funny <laughs> that they just said the right. Uh, so Matt Damon does the speech, and it is so fucking yeah, that was great, outstanding. It's uh, on any sports movie. It ranks right up there with Al Pacino yep. in uh, Any Given Sunday. Think about any great sp- sports movie speeches. What yeah. he tells Michael is just fucking yeah. classic. I should find yep. it and play play it for you guys. Yep. Uh, okay, what platform is it on again? Uh, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. All right, maybe I'll watch it this week. Then. Give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like Winning Time, you'll like it. It's it's, okay. It's yeah. very similar, only it's not a series. It's just one. I, I didn't like Draft Day Draft Day or whatever the fuck, though. That was horrible. <laughs> I watched that for this podcast, and it was terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry I made you go through that. You know, <laughs> I really am. <laughs> I'll tell you what I've been watching is the the thing about the Watergate called uh, White House Plumbers. Yes, with Woody Harrelson. Uh, mm-hmm. I he's playing E. Howard Hunt. I think that's amazing. That's and amazing. like you were, I know Aldo's watched it. He said that he was upset with some of the screwball comedy uh, that's sort of forced into it into such a serious topic. And although I see that point. I guess I'm okay with it because it still has some of the seriousness showing like how Gordon Liddy wants to burn himself to prove that he's uh, convict. He has conviction. And then he was saying, he's like, just tell me where to be and have the, the, the person shoot me in the head, have the, the sniper shoot me in the fucking head. I'm willing to die for this president and stuff <laughs> like that. That's shit that G, G Gordon Liddy said, you know? So yeah. even though you're right, it's, it's a little bit of a comedy esque with the presentation it still maintains some of the the realness of the dialogue. So, right. And I loved yeah. when Howard Hump was uh, pissed off and they weren't paying him. And he was like, will you tell them that I know a little thing about fucking Dallas? Mm-hmm. Obviously about the Kennedy assassination. So I love that they worked that in there. And if many years later, Howard Hunt admitted that he was involved and said that he was one of the, quote, bench players in Dallas. And there's footage of him, pictures of him being one of the, quote, unquote, tramps. Which ironically, uh, Charles Harrelson, Woody's dad, was reportedly one of those people too. And what I mean, there was a couple of bums that were faking seizures to divert attention right before all this started, like at twelve fifteen, where they suddenly people are like, police and, and EMS are coming in. This is fifteen minutes before the president's going to get shot. In wow. case people don't know that, and all yeah. of these people that were uh, taken in suddenly disappeared, and there was no. Uh, their their names and stuff suddenly disappeared and everything too. So I'm not trying to say a conspiracy theorist, but uh, it's still worth mentioning. So anyway, that was that was okay. a vague reference to that. So I like the show. But go ahead, I've taken it. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm glad you shared all of that. And I like the show. Let's not, uh, you know, don't don't get me wrong. If if I made it seem like I, what I what I have a quibble with is Woody Harrelson as E. Howard Hunt. And uh, Justin Thoreau, Thoreau, right, Um, as uh, G. Gordon Liddy, I think their performances are a little over the top. I mean, these are caricatures of these real guys 
who, yes, they were bumbling spies. And so I get the fact that you're satirizing them, but their performances are so big and over the top and (laughs) that it just felt like, you know, I don't know. It just felt like maybe that was a bad choice by the director and those actors there. But I get it. I get the reason they made that choice, but I still love the series. It's very well done. The season finale is next Monday, and I can't wait. It should be should be a great finale. Yeah, and like like Oliver Stone, uh, what do you um, sub referencing? But I'm bringing it back to this ser- series. Woody was like saying, like I've only been on Cheers and White Men Can't Jump. Like, why did he cast me in Natural Born Killers? And and Oliver Stone was like, are you kidding? Your dad it was allegedly involved in the JFK assassination. You've got blood and murder in your fucking DNA. Mm-hmm. So, like, why wouldn't you be a killer? So, having said that, that's also such a good casting point for me. He's playing, again, his dad was allegedly one of those three tramps. So was Howard Hunt, and there he is playing Howard Hunt. So, I love the casting. Now, once more, I want to reference that show on Stars I was telling you about that had Sean Penn and Julia Roberts in it. The guy that plays G. Gordon Liddy on that show is much more, his take on him is much more serious. And it shows Gordon Liddy in prison and like and trying to be like prepping himself up. Like I'm, I have a strong will. I can, I can take any shit that anyone gives me, but he starts to like go a little bit insane and like is trying to kill rats. Like he's busting in walls to try to find where their, their nests are and like oh. bites one of their fucking heads off and shit. And all this is supposed to be true. Because like that's his way to maintain his manhood. You know, he's one of these guys that's always masculine. Like you never say you're you're sorry because that's weakness. You men don't cry. You know that kind of mm-hmm. shit. So uh, the guy that played him on the Star Show was a lot more straight laced and not com- comedic in any way. So mm-hmm. I, I really, again, I think you should watch that one. That that one's really good. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to watch that. Uh, and, and in fact, pro- maybe right after the, the finale of Plumbers, uh, squeeze that into my schedule because uh, I'm kind of on a kick now to, with that whole era of the Watergate. And and you watched the, the stuff I sent you finally, you said, right? Yeah, I, I, I saw uh, one and a half of the film, so I still got some more work to do on that. But that those documentaries are great. I really Did you watch the one with Mark Lane? Yes, what, I watched the uh, with Mark Lane. Rush yeah. to Judgment. That's fucking great. I mean, it and is. again, all those interviews are conducted just a few months, even though the documentary came out in like 66 on the video. Mm-hmm. Uh, he initially was filming those for his book, which came out in 64. So mm-hmm. those interviews were fucking recorded with all these eyewitnesses like two months after the big event. So mm-hmm. there's no like, you know, we get older, we, we forget, you know, we maybe our, our stories change, even if we don't mean for them to. Or something, mm-hmm. but something that big, that fresh, you're getting the raw truth. Indeed. Tooch, uh, did uh, Lee Harvey Oswald act alone? Man, I, I don't know. I mean, recently, wasn't it revealed that the CIA was involved in Kennedy's assassination? Uh, on I think that goes uh, back to the 70s. Yeah. But I, I, don't, I will roll I think, you uh, on RFK even. RFK Jr. was talking about it recently, too, as well. Yeah, Bobby's somehow gone to the right now, which is crazy. Uh, But I I loved his dad for sure. But I will roll you one, and it's going to make me sound like, again, I'm not a QAnon person. I'm not trying to tell you Biden's fucking been shot, and there's a substitute. I hear shit like this where they say there's a robot for Biden. Just craziness. But I will tell you that I think Oswald wasn't even one of the shooters. 
And I could yeah. I could I could expand on that for thirty minutes if you wanted me to, but Aldo's not listening right now. So no, I am listening. I, I, I told Dan the... I told Dan that we should either do a special on its own or a bear their yeah. souls special, totally dedicated to that topic because we, really we could talk three hours uh, on that topic, and oh, yeah. so well, let let's save that topic for that show. We'll do it sometime. Greg Braggs, if if he you know I don't know. I'm not trying to talk any shit. I mean, I'm not jealous of like he's had success and God love him for it, but I'm not sure if he would come down to us again, but he was a, I sent him a bunch of stuff too. Back in the day, he was a, a proponent of these conversations. If he would want to come on with this again, I don't know. I, I bet he would. Um, he, he was, I think he was on nomads. Uh, one of yeah, nomads he was just shows. on nomads. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I'm sure he'd come on. So we'll uh, issue an invitation. And anyone, anyone in the chat room was interested in uh, coming on and talking with us about that era uh, of, uh, of what happened with the United States government, the Kennedy assassination going on to the Watergate era. Let's, let's, let's do a little special on that and we'll have a, a nice, uh, nice uh, filibuster for lack of a better way of putting it on that subject. Well, um, can, I, can I give you 30 seconds real quick? There's a foreshadow. Please. Uh, Two quick things then. They did a paraffin test on Oswald to see if he fired a weapon that day. It came back negative. So he mm -hmm. hadn't fired a weapon that day. And the D Dallas police chief, Jess Curry, was asked and this started to get people talking around 1980, started doing documentaries and such. And he was being interviewed by the BBC or something in 80. And they asked him if Oswald hadn't been shot, do you think you'd have been able to prosecute him? And he said, absolutely not. We didn't have anything on him. And this is from the Dallas fucking, that. you know, this, yeah, this is from the chief of police in Dallas who said, you know, the FBI was telling us we had our guy, but we didn't have any evidence to support that. He's a patsy. That's what he said. Yeah, that's what he said. And every step of the way, he, whenever the press was there, he was vehemently defending his innocence. Again, if you had pulled off some great shot that resulted in uh, seven different body wounds and with one bullet and uh, through heavy brush and, and a moving target and all this shit, you'd be like pounding your chest about how great a shot you were. And like, this is what I did. And this is why I did it. But he, from the start said, I did not do this period. I disagree with what Cliff Victoria is saying there. It says Watergate would be nothing nowadays. Media would jump on it because it was the Republicans, but would ignore it if it was the Democrats. Uh, not true, Cliff. Uh, the New York Times was the one that uh, the one news organization that uncovered the server Hillary Clinton had and uh, ran with that story and published uh, day after day updates on that. And, and a lot of people on the left were angry at the New York Times because they thought they were making a bigger deal out of it than it deserved. So th that's not and the case. MSNBC become MSNBC. Like, again, I know they're clearly number two behind Fox, but in mm -hmm. 1998, they were neck and neck. And what put them over the top uh, and what made them a viable channel was their night to night, wall to wall coverage of the Monica Lewinsky saga with President Clinton. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I can't disagree more on that. Uh, and not to mention like how many people just let January 6th go. I mean, and, and that was a Republican. It's just like, ah, the violent overthrow of the government. Ah, fuck it. You know, that's yeah. okay. And then like, there was a story today. I don't know if you all saw it that said that his attorney released notes. What's his name? Jack Smith. Who's the independent. He's like the Archibald Cox of today mm -hmm. that 
his attorney released notes saying that he that they told him there's nothing we can do to make this legal. You have to comply. And that alleged that the former president, in lieu of that, was still hiding stuff from his attorney when he said, okay, we have to turn everything in. He was telling another guy to go hide it so that his attorney couldn't find it. And he was told blatantly, according to the notes, that this is illegal, this could cause you prison time, and he still did it anyway. Imagine if that were Bill Clinton. I mean, come on. I mean, exactly. the guy gets blown, and we act like he fucking brought down the towers. So, exactly. And Cliff goes on to say, what was the result of that server revela revelation? Is Hillary in jail now? That has nothing to do with the media. Th this was the Justice Department didn't find any evidence of wrongdoing. It, under the Trump administration with a Republican led Congress. They had all the tools available to them. They had subpoena power. They had everything. They brought her up and, and questioned it and nothing was found. And, they, and they, inter they investigated Benghazi like 211 times. Yeah, Seems And there was nothing like to put her in jail. I mean, whether they want her to or not. I'm not a big fan of hers either. I'm not a big fan of his. I mean, Bill's I a great it was Loretta Lynch. Wasn't it Loretta Lynch that declined to press charges? That wasn't Trump administration, was it? Well, the Trump administration was uh, in power for four years, and uh, right, but the so Bill, Bill Barr was, was Comey and Loretta Lynch. And Comey was like, but no reasonable would bring but, charges, and then of course no, Loretta no, no, Lynch no, no, was like, no charges. Yeah, no, no, no. They they uh, they went out with the previous administration. Trump after. After Trump won the election, he brought in his own attorney general, his own uh, his own people, and they could have picked up any investigation. They could have started any investigation. They could have done whatever they want. Yes, when that happened, Loretta Lynch was uh, was the head of the Justice Department, but uh, that doesn't mean because she didn't do anything. That doesn't doesn't mean that the Republicans once right, they took power. They could power, have done something. They didn't do anything. But I mean, yeah. So. The jury's yeah, still anyway. out. There was no case. There was no either way, either finding either way. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, I want to uh, share with you something that I saw recently and that I loved. Another based on history uh, a movie. Have you guys heard of Tetris on Apple TV? Yeah. I oh, haven't seen it yet, but it looks awesome. It is awesome. It really Damn. fucking is. Do you know? Do you guys know the story at all about Tetris? I don't know the story, Man, but let me tell you. Like, yeah, the 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 game. I'll tell you. I after you played Tetris, you played it in your fucking sleep afterwards. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm trying to fall asleep. All the fucking shapes are falling, man. Then that, they had a Doctor Mario uh, version of Tetris <laughs> with Mario called Doctor Mario. But anyway, go ahead, Mitch. Sorry. <laughs> Wasn't well, so, that happen to you guys though too? After you're trying to fall asleep, all this fucking shit, and you're moving them in your fucking eyelids. Well, there's you a know? scene in the movie where where they kind of convey <laughs> that, but I've never played Tetris that much to okay. to have that effect. But the, the it's a fascinating fascinating film about Tetris. The game was invented by a Russian programmer in Russia, and the rights to the game were handed about like they were like. You know, you know. Oh, yeah. You take this country. You do it on computers. You do it on this and so forth. And there was no legal uh, reason behind what was going on with the Tetris sales. And it was like 
taken off big time. And so this is the story of a guy who uh, was trying to sell his own video game, was at the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, and saw that the late, the sexy lady that he had hired to help promote his video game was busy playing Tetris at a few booths down. And so he went over to, to chastise her, and he starts playing the game, and he fell in love with it, and he travels to Russia, and then he gets involved in political intrigue and it's very similar to uh, it had the feeling of what was the name uh, of that Ben Affleck movie uh, Argo, you know where of Argo, yeah. And, and so it, it this is a uh, without I don't want to give away too much, but it really is worth your time. It's a very very good movie. My wife and I uh, saw it and we were very uh, pleased. And that's with on it. Apple as well. That's on Apple TV. Yes. I'm thinking about getting Apple TV because I'm a Seth Rogen fan and he has a show starting this week called Platonic on there. Yeah, so I was thinking about getting Apple TV for the first time just for that show. Yeah, Rose Rose Byrne is in that, and I love her. I think she's a is it this a lady you played with in the Neighbors movies, right? Wasn't that his yes. wife in those? But yes. they're not playing those characters, correct? They're playing different characters. Correct. Correct. Okay. So yeah, Apple TV is good, and they've got the Succession on there. I know Tucci. So uh, I don't want to see that. I'm I started urging. to watch. I went, yeah, I started urging. to watch. I like He's Brian Cox, but man, I don't care about Rupert Murdoch or Fox News or these vague references. To no, make no, us I'm sorry. Talking about Fox. I'm sorry. I got the I got the wrong show. Not Succession. Uh, Severance is on Apple TV. Now, what's that? I don't know what that is. Severance is a show where uh, this company, uh, if you go to work for this company, they sever your memory of what's going on in your personal life so that when you're at work, you don't think about what's going on in your personal life. Wow. And when you're at home, you don't remember anything that you did at work. So Who, who's what? in it? Um, if only that was real. Yeah, how about it? <laughs> uh, the cast is uh, Adam Scott. I don't know if you know Adam Scott. I, I don't think I do. Yeah. yeah. He was in uh, Step Brothers. He was like a straight brother. Yes. Like the antagonized uh, John Riley and Will Ferrell. God, I, John, you know, I'm the only person in the world that hated that movie. So. John Totoro. John Totoro. I know John Totoro. He's excellent. Uh, Patricia yeah. Arquette. Oh, I love Patricia Arquette oh, yeah. for True Romance. Yes. Yep. Nightmare in the Street 3. So. Right. And then there's a, a super hot uh, woman playing a character who works there and just like wants to immediately get out. I, I made a mistake. I don't want to, but they won't let her in once she's gone through the, uh, they won't let her out. Once she's gone through the severance part of the thing, you're, you're stuck there. Let me put her picture up. Cause she's, a, she is a cutie. Um, give me a second to load it. Well, while you're doing that, I want to uh, toot. you know, the girl that we liked from euphoria, that played Cassie, that has the, the huge oh, yeah. breast. Uh, uh, Shannon Sweeney, is that her name? Yeah, she's got a film coming out on Sweeney. HBO Sorry, or Max. Sweeney? Yeah, she's got a film coming out this week on Max where she's the lead actress that they're promoting as part of the new app. It's Max versus HBO Max. Yeah. And there's, uh, I, I was a huge fan because I was really young when Gremlins came out, so I loved Gremlins at the time. I didn't like two, but there's a Gremlins show that's coming on this week. I'm going to just watch out for pure nostalgia on Max. A series. Or I was something. a big fan of uh, how many Gremlins movies were there? I think just two. I the second one, Blue yeah. Ash, but I liked that first one when I was a kid. Yeah, it was great. 
I try to show that to my daughter when she was like three years old and she still hates me for it. See, the only uh, film I got scared me back then was Cujo because that goddamn dog felt like it could be outside, you know? Oh my gosh, that's a great movie. This is uh, Britt uh, Lauer and she is so sexy. She's in this show uh, and the title again, they always get it confused with the other one. It's Severance on Apple TV. Highly, highly recommend it. Might start okay, a little slow. That. Yeah, it might start a little slow, but stay with it. You will love it. I guarantee you. I'll watch that then. And, and Schwarzenegger's got something coming on Netflix, a show that comes on this week. I saw that. Um, I, it was on TV, some promo for it. What What is that about, you know? Well, first off, they've got a three-part documentary of covering him from uh, immigrating through the governor and everything in between. And then that show where he... Apparently, he's going to be a guy that works in the CIA and then finds out his daughter also works in the CIA and he didn't know it. Mm. I, I, I tell you what, real quick, not to change subjects. I feel like I've got, uh, like I'm, you know, drunk here or something. But the I've been watching a show that's got one of those Olsen twins in it. Not not the twins, but the other sister called Love and Death. Uh, have you seen any of that? That is tremendous. I've seen previews. I really want to see it. It looks Oh, it's great. fucking great. I've watched three of the episodes. It's fucking great. It's set in the late 70s and early 80s in a small town in Texas. It's apparently based off a true story where just these two people, they're friends, a group of friends, but two of them end up having an affair. Mm -hmm. You know, like one of the guy, one of the husbands and one of the wives have an affair, which leads to one of the victims of that affair picking up an axe. We'll just mm -hmm. say that. It's good shit, man. What are you seeing lately that you like? I watched, uh, I've been watching uh, Ted Lasso season three finished up. That was really good. Love the Ted Lasso. Love Jason Sudeikis. That whole cast is good. Uh, I've been watching uh, Silo, that mystery. Uh, that underground Silo with Rebecca Ferguson is also hot. And uh, it's got Tim Robbins and uh, uh, Will Patton. Who else with the common? And uh, I forgot that other guy's name. It's really good though. Rashida Jones is in it too. She's uh, very pretty. Yeah. Uh, really That's good. That's Quincy Jones's daughter, right? Yeah, Quincy Jones' daughter. Yep. She was in the she's office. She's hot, man. She's yeah, yeah, she's hot. Very cute. Uh, yep. Uh, let's see. Not much else, man. I've been so busy. I had my, my daughter's seventh birthday was uh, Sunday. I was listening that. I'm sorry and happy birthday to your daughter I, I was going to say I was listening to Tarantino's podcast which if you all haven't you should where again they talk about all these old, he worked at a video store before he was famous mm -hmm. so they they go back and, and reference old VHS tapes from this video store that he worked at in the 70s and 80s and it's fantastic and one of the movies he talked about briefly, and it made me watch it last night, was called Vampire Hookers. That was not Ooh. very good. That was not very good, but it did keep my attention. The main vampire is uh, David Carradine and Keith Carradine, you know, their dad. Oh, yeah. I don't know yeah. what the dad's name was. He was old in the 70s when this came John, out. John Carradine. Yeah, he's the main vampire, and then there's yeah. the three women, the, the ones that are hookers, you know. It's funny that uh, Tarantino 
there are some filmmakers in Hollywood who don't really like his work because they say he basically steals everything from older movies and that he, he doesn't have any original ideas. And I, and I, I think that there's some truth to that. He does steal a lot, uh, but he, he, adds his own unique flair to things and he's a great dialogue writer um yep. i enjoy tarantino's movies there's only this one that i haven't seen brilliant too though. oh yeah. yeah which one did you not see uh the hateful eight the, West the hateful eight's oh. awesome yeah that's fucking kick-ass dude yeah that's yeah. one of my favorite one of his man it's my it might be my second or third favorite of his uh oh I have, man i have the disc i just good, haven't got it. well let me tell you one thing about it just real quick so Bruce Dern is, is supposed to be this old war general, yeah, right? And, it, awesome. and as, it, yeah. as it turns out, there was a part earlier in the film that, that, I mean, in the backstory that you don't know where Samuel L. Jackson tells him, because the guy's racist, he fought for the South, that his son was out in the cold and they made him get naked. He was so cold in the snow that he made his son suck. He's like, I made him suck my black fucking dick to beg to beg just to get out of the cold. And then I still fucking shot him after I, after I fucking came and just the look on Bruce Stern's <laughs> face is, and to hear Samuel L. Jackson telling the story, it's fucking great, but you should definitely watch the film. Um, but that podcast, you know how we like to talk bears and, and the people that the watch us and follow us like talking bears. That's the, our passion with the bears is on point with Tarantino with movies. Yes. So absolutely. if you, Quentin can talk about, a rare movie like Vampire Hookers in 1978 that you've never heard of and make you feel like it's the biggest thing you're ever going to see. Mm. So it's definitely worth your time, the podcast. It's fucking great, man. I got to check it out. Uh, Roger Avery's also on it. I just bought his book. He's got that book out where he talks about some of his movies and stuff. I love it when filmmakers like Scorsese and Tarantino talk about their favorite movies or just talk about cinema. I, I, I love that stuff, man. But by the way, I want to get back to the topic of succession because Dan is so against before, watching. Uh, before you go to go succession, I forgot to tell. I don't know if I told the story to you, Danny, about uh, uh, Hateful Eight. I went to the see it in the theater. I did too. And did you get the booklet? I don't recall. I remember it was on New Year's Day of 2015. I was married then, and my wife and I at the time went and watched it at the theater. So. Uh, I think my, I went with my son, and uh, they gave uh, they gave you a, a commemorative booklet. And it was like it was like faux leather, you know, like you get it like a concert, you know, a concert uh, what do you program guide or whatever. You know, it had all the like you know info about the movies, you know, the cameras they used, the, the actors, you know, some of the locations and like a nice pictures and stuff like that. And, uh, it was uh, t it was it was uh, presented at two intermissions, I mean uh, two two segments with an intermission like where you could get up and go, and uh, during the uh, before the show before the movie started and, and during the intermission they had like a uh, like projecting up on there it had like you know just like uh, almost like a, a shadow puppets things of the old west going by you know during the intermission it was cool and then they had. Uh, an Ennio Morricone uh, score for the intermission and, and intro. Love it. Mm. And then, yeah, you went out, it was like, oh, the intermission was like 15 minutes, you go out, stretch your legs, because the movie's like almost four hours long. And uh, it's like three hours and some. Uh, and uh, you go out, you know, get a drink, they served alcohol, you know, you go, I have beer, 
they had food, you know, and stuff. Then you come back and watch the second half. But man, it's it's great. Although if you haven't seen it, man, it's like you know, some can- surprise uncredited cameos and stuff. Cast is fantastic. It, 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 what you're saying reminds me of when I went to see uh, Apocalypse Now on its opening weekend. I saw it at that the Golf awesome. Mill Theater here in the Chicago area. Yeah. It was I drove presented by it recently when I was in town. Yeah, cool. Like, <laughs> it was presented in 70 millimeter and no credits. Uh, Cop- Coppola wanted the 70 millimeter print to just have just be the movie and instead everyone got a booklet when they came in with all the credits and some stories on the film and so forth i wish i would have kept that fucking because uh, it would have been a great souvenir to keep but that uh reminds me the great filmmakers love working in that 70 millimeter film format yeah. because the, the images are so crisp they got right. like panaflex cameras panavision for the yes. isolate Oh yeah. man, uh, Tarantino has shot what two movies? I think in seventy millimeter. Yeah. Uh, um, Hateful Eight was one of them, and was it Django? Kill Bill or Django? But probably Django. I think it was Django. Yeah. yeah. You got to uh, see Hateful Eight. I'll look at that. You haven't seen it yet, man. Yeah, it's just one of those the dialogue is yeah. fucking killer. Yeah, I got a Blu-ray copy of it. I should just pop it yep. in tonight and stay up and watch yep. it. Um. All right, Dan Aguirre, are you with me? Yeah, I'm here. I'm listening to you all. I know. I just want to. I just want to coax you into watching Succession because there is a one of the things that you will definitely like about it. I get why you're not don't want to see it because it's based on the Murdoch family and they're a bunch of assholes and stuff. But this guy here, who, who is he? Tuches. This is uh, one of the Culkin brothers. He's yeah, like R- Culkin, Rory Culkin. Karen, yeah. it's either Karen or Rory Culkin. He's one of the Coken brothers, but he is the most fun character on this show, Dan. He has such great put-downs uh, that he would just have you rolling on the floor talking. Again, that's him there. There is a scene in this week's episode where he learns from his sister that she is pregnant. <laughs> and he says to her, Oops, let me see. Where's Tooch now? He says to her, they're they're in the car driving to their dad's funeral. And he says to her, Oh, you're pregnant. Oh, are you gonna are you gonna breastfeed? Because that's hot. I'll get a fucking woody and start jerking off right as soon as I see you doing that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the kind of humor that he has throughout. He makes fun of his sister's pregnancy. He makes fun of his brother's disasters. He he picks on people. He's a rich fuck, you know, with no no uh, uh, empathy for anyone else. He, but some of the stuff that he says would just have you fucking rolling on the floor. Let me see. In fact, I think this clip here, there are some of his put downs. Let's see if the, I, I just oh, run I into something good here. Charity. I mean, how much a plate? You got to get at least a blowjob. That's the law. That's it. Talk Marsha? No. Although I definitely would. I'm going to uh, reveal to him that you sexually abused me as a child. Excuse me? <laughs> not stop. You are one sick puppy. I, you, you're the one who kept trying to fuck me. Why would you say that? Stop saying that. You don't really think that, do you? No. Talking with you. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Who wants to fuck a hobo? <laughs> oh, thank you. I met her at a sex party where she was giving the groom a blowjob. 
Roman, do a serious one for the parents. Yeah. Is that Roman? Roman. Yeah. Okay. yeah. okay. One, two, three. Don't. I thought we could just like try. You can just keep yeah, your eyes closed. You and I can... should be turned on because dead women aren't wet. Fun last night. Or... Um. Fun. I jerked off in Jerry's bathroom last night. I'm thinking of <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> I admit some of that's funny, but just the overall like thing with like Rupert Murray, I just can't give a fuck, man. And it's everyone was telling me, ah, you gotta watch billions on Showtime. I felt the same way, just like ah, I'd rather not. For yeah. one, I hate Paul Giamatti or whatever his name is. Really? Just, I, I feel like Mitt Romney would love both of these shows for some reason. <laughs> but they, I feel like they, I need to wear khakis and play golf to watch these shows. But they're taking shots at that at that one percent or that zero point one percent. They're they're really you know putting them in their place. It's it's satire. It's really well done. I think it's very well done. Anyway. Um, I, I guess I'll never talk you into watching it. I'm going to send you the DVD collection. That's one of those I would watch with somebody. I, it probably had to be a woman to make me watch that, honestly. It's like if it was a woman I was actively having sex with and she's like, hey, I want you to watch a show with me. Of course, I'm going to be blinded by the vagina and watch the show. <laughs> All right, Tush, get to work. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, what about if it was this woman, if she asked you to, to watch it? Gosh, well, of course. Beautiful. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, so beautiful. Oh my goodness. I find most women to be beautiful. So. <laughs> <laughs> Some might be a little more than others. Oh, true. Um, all right. Anything else, you guys? Uh, J2K is a big fan of uh, uh, Succession, so and Paul Giamatti is the man. I, I don't. I. What did you see from Paul Giamatti's movie career that turned you off? I I don't know. I just don't like him. And I don't, there's, there's people that you like and you don't like, you don't choose it. I mean, it's not like it's, I always feel like I have to defend with women that I don't like chicken. Like I didn't choose my taste buds. You know, I just don't like chicken, but I always get shit for it. Uh, it's the same thing with actors, man. You you like somebody or you don't, you know I mean? No. Or comedians or anything. I just don't no, like him. Like chicken wings. No, I don't like chicken at all. It doesn't matter how it's prepared. And I hate that little fucking comedian that was in that documentary a few years ago, but the woman who solved, uh, they brought uh, that, that murderer up on the podcast and, and then she ends up becoming a drug addict. And then they solved the murder with DNA after she dies. And he was like cheating on his sick drug addicted wife. What's his name? Uh, Patton Oswalt. God, I uh, hate that. Guy. Oh yeah. 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 I forgot that movie. Yeah, he reminds me of Paul Giamatti too. Just little troll like guys. I'm Paul Giamatti. I'm five four. And, you know, same thing with Pat and Oswald. I'm just a snob, and I'm five four. Look at me. You know, <laughs> Paul Giamatti was in Private Parts, as Mister Mayhem pointed yeah, out. Yeah, it was the pig vomit. The program yeah, pig director. vomit. Yeah, that's the first time I I think I recall. That's the first time I ever saw him. I think too in a movie. Yeah, yeah. he uh, he almost stole that movie. Yeah, my favorite line from the whole movie was with Robin. When they're doing a bit on the show, and she's like, um, Howard's like, blank willow, blank willow. And she's like, the only thing on my mind, Gene, was pussy. <laughs> that was a great scene. Yeah, a great scene. Mr. Mayhem uh, points out that Barry on HBO is good. And Tucha, I know, I think everybody says watched- that. I, I know everyone, I, I've had millions of people recommend it to me. 
you guys, I man, it, you, you really, it, really, every episode, like, like it's a, a religious exercise. <laughs> First of all, Bill Hader, he's awesome. props to this guy. Yes, he was really one of the better cast members in Saturday Night Live, at least you yeah. know of this century. He did and a great Shepard Smith. Yes. Oh my gosh. Great Shepard Smith and, and one of the guys from Dateline. The guy that talks like Ducey. Anyway, he, he's great with impressions impressions. Well, he's he's not only the star of Barry, but he also directs most of the episodes. And I want to show you a scene from Sunday's episode that to me, I just think the way they framed this shot here is so perfectly done. I'll explain what is happening. There's a bunch of assassins from Chechen who are going to shoot a missile at this mansion to kill the people inside of them. I'm going to put the audio really low here because it, it's it's not important. So they they load up they load it up with the missile. They shoot the missile, and Bill Hader again is directing this. The missile goes off and it misses to the left. And so the guy. So the guy on the left says, oh, okay, well, put another one in. And the guy says, we only brought one. What about the next one? This was it, only one. You thought we were going to get it on the first fucking try? But these were very expensive. I'm thinking budget. <laughs> so now the people in the house are shooting at them and coming down the road. And so watch what the camera does here. The camera is going to follow the car as the, the gangsters are coming to get them. The car makes the U-turn, gets back on the road, and there's a bunch of other gangsters at the bottom of the road there, and so they're they're forced to turn off and go into the sandy area there, and the camera has followed them all. This is all one take. <laughs> the camera has followed them, and here they come, shooting at them. <laughs> Those two guys are dead meat. It's just beautifully directed. He does this every week. He he probably spends on one episode he probably spends two days shooting shooting one particular scene in a very ingenious way bill Hader is a fucking master and uh henry winkler of the fonts he's in this and he he's actually a very good comedic uh uh drama type yeah. actor the show is really good you guys will love it i have to admit i haven't watched one episode of barry i, know, I, and I can't really tell you why but I, I feel like I probably would like it because I do like yeah. Bill Hader, but I guess I didn't buy him as a, a murderer, I think is part of it. Yeah, you know what? I did, you know, because he's got that scowl, you know, he, he's you know, he's got that face like that. And boy, yeah. oh boy, when when he gets pissed off, it's like this guy is a fucking uh real fucking natural born killer. He he's he, the reason he he becomes a uh, an assassin was is he he got PTSD from watching some shit happen go down in Afghanistan and so that guy that came into the shot with all the tattoos he trained them then when he came back to be a hired assassin and, and that's how the series starts and it just goes off into all sorts of ridiculous places it's really super well done highly recommend it. Yeah, I saw um, I saw an article recently where Tarantino said that he was a fan of the show, but thought it should have ended after season three. I guess they're on oh. season four now. Yes, they're on season four, and I I can see that there was a little bit of a lapse uh, in season three and in the beginning of season four. But it, it it this is the final season, and they're paying it off really well. 
and by the way, that quote by Rachel, I mean, by Retro about Rachel Bilson has raunchily revealed she misses ex-boyfriend's Bill Hader's big dick. <laughs> that is priceless. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is priceless. <laughs> Do you guys know Rachel Bilson? I don't. She was no, in the TV picture. show The O.C. Yeah, I'll, I'll find a picture. Uh, she was in The O.C. She's a, a real cutie. She hasn't been in a lot of stuff, but um, let's see. Oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. I just saw something while you're, if you don't mind me telling you why you're doing that. No, not at There's all. There's an article where David Montgomery said that essentially he wanted to leave Chicago because all the losing hurt so badly and it just sucked the fun out of football. Yeah. Uh, what a ridiculous comment to make. I mean, how could he say that? I, I'm starting to dislike David Montgomery now. There's Rachel Bilson. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> this is a recent picture of her. And when she was on this show called The OC, which was a, a really a, a uh, silly little show about a, a guy who gets adopted into this rich family, and she, and he has these problems uh, growing up in an environment where it, it's all rich people. And she plays one of the people in the OC, Orange County. Um, but she's a cutie. No doubt about it. All right, I've been describing describing the plot of the Fresh Prince. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. Yes. What was that, Tooch? She said she looks like she misses big dicks. (laughs) (laughs) She probably wouldn't miss me. Hmm. Um, All right. Uh, What else, guys? Um, I got uh, one more thing. I know if you are going to talk JFK assassination, you have to watch. JFK to 9-11, Everything is a Rich Man's Trick, the award-winning documentary. It's like Mm -hmm. three and a half hours long, but man, it's just like so well-researched. What's what's the name of that one? From JFK to 9-11. It's by an Irish guy who was like a former priest. He like wrote the book and then directed the documentary. Mm -hmm. JFK to 9-11, Everything is a Rich Man's Trick. It's very well researched. You know, it goes all. It takes you through the whole that whole period in U.S. history from JFK to 9/11. Mm-hmm. You know, it talks about everything. You know, it gives you the series sequence of events and stuff with some uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, expostulation. You know, with like uh, hypothesization. You know, people are uh, talking about what they think or what he think happened. You know, the the author of the book. A really good. Uh, insight into the to JFK, uh, everything from the Zapruder film, you know, to Woody Harrelson's dad, to Leah Harvey Oswald's, you know, it's got everything. Sounds George, like it's up your George alley H. there. Yeah. Dan, Dan if you haven't seen it, 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 it's like very highly uh, rated on IMDb. Total. Well, I total wrote down is, the title. I'm going to put it in my queue. JFK to 9-11. I mean, you, you it's three and a half hours. You'll be like, goes by like that, you know. Just I, I'm into, and I would, I would watch it, of course. Like I said, I'm into that era of stuff. Yeah, I, I watched one called um, something like Loose 8. Change. Six out of ten. Something called Loose Change. There was this huge documentary about how the towers were controlled demolition, and basically the W was responsible for not i just don't believe that i i, I don't i don't, believe I don't think either. george w bush 
tried to fucking kill Americans for political point. I just, I'm not saying that too, but when you say JFK to 9-11, I'm afraid it's going to go off and veer and say that W is a murderer and stuff. And I just, I don't believe I don't, that. I don't remember saying that, but uh, it, it lets you decide for yourself. You know, just, this is what happened. You know? Now, when you tell me that how, Bush how Senior- Building 7 collapsed, though, you know, it's like, that's kind of- yeah. Taking it back to JFK anybody, for just a moment. Yeah. Uh, I am interested when Bush Sr. is the leader of the CIA on November yeah. 22, 63. And then they ask Bush where he was at yeah. the moment. Like, we all remember where we were when night when the tower like fell. We all know where we were. And it's just like, if you were there when Kennedy died, you would know where you were. So, And he's the leader of the CIA. And they ask Bush uh, when he's running for vice president if he knew uh, where were you when, when Kennedy got shot. And he's like, ah. I have no memory of where I was during that time. No clue. I wasn't in Dallas, though. I was not in Dallas. I can tell you that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know whether uh, I don't know whether uh, Jet Fuel can burn steel or not, but I I would think it would burn a passport. You know, like they found that Muhammad Adam's passport. Oh, it's yeah, convenient. Yeah. Here it is. Look, that is, that is <laughs> funny. You know, I'm just saying. I don't know, but I mean. Yeah, it melted the beams and it collapsed and everything. But here's his passport. He was he's guilty. You know, and to me, that's like so fishy. Fucking. There's uh, a lot <laughs> of freaking uh, uh, fishy stuff. King Pookie, I'll try to stop by on Thursday. King Pookie uh, hosts his own uh, channel, King Pookie Nation's uh, channel. And he usually uh, there'll be a game on and so forth. And he, he does some narration and interacts with people. I stopped by the other night and it was a fun time. King Pookie Nation. Nice, nice job, King. Hey, I got one other uh, one for you uh, that I saw uh, fresh. Yeah. Have you guys heard of it? No. I think you would. Do. All right. I've so heard here's of it. Yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, though. Oh, this it's is good. Hulu. This is Hulu, right? Yeah. Yes, it's on Hulu. It's, it's fresh. Name. Sorry. Yes, it is. It's very fresh. <laughs> it is new, yeah. I, this this woman, uh, she is tired of dating. She dates all sorts of losers, and she's at the grocery store, and she meets this one guy, uh, and they they hit it off. This guy here, and so he they start to date, and they build this ro really great romance. You know, one of the funny things about the movie is the credits don't start until thirty minutes into the movie, at which point the movie really kicks into what the whole thing is about. And I'm not going to reveal it to you. I'm just going to say that it becomes a horror fucking yeah. classic classic. And it it's so goddamn good. Yeah, uh, he was so in that I, movie, that con movie recently with, uh, uh, was, uh, John Lithgow. looks like that. The con artists and, uh, Julianne Moore. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the, the after the in fresh. Oh, Same hold guy. on. So is this a movie or a show? It's a movie on movie. Hulu. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll watch that tonight then. Yeah, I think you'll really like it. Um, uh, and that actress, I forgot what her name is, Daisy, is Daisy Jones or something. She's from England. I saw her in that series War of the World uh, that was on MGM, Epics TV, and she was outstanding in that. I felt I had a crush on her then, and then watching her on this show uh, just uh, – uh, Really, really is. She's fabulous in it. She she Daisy really carries Edgar Jones. That's her. She's great, great young yeah, she actress. Is hot. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mr. Mayhem says that she is legally blind, too. I wow. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Actually, I meant to say this earlier when you were talking about your vision going out in one eye. 
I was like, there's still something very bears about that because what you sound, you sound like Jim McMahon. Oh, that's right. Where the eye, his eye got a fork in it when he was a kid. And that's why he could barely Man. see out of the one eye. And that's what Hallis tried to use against him in his first contract. He's like, well, you, you got a bad arm and uh, or a bad shoulder and uh, you, you're blind to one eye. Why didn't you go to Canada? He's like, why the hell did you draft me? In the first yeah. round. <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> that is crazy. All right, we're about ready to get out of here. Let's go around the horn and uh, say our shout-outs, any final comments and stuff. I'll start with you, Mr. Johnny Santu. Oh, uh, man. Got to shout-out the barkeeper for his return. <clears throat> oh, so much yeah. fun. Thank you. Triumphant. Triumphant return tonight. <laughs> uh, and, uh, of course, Danny Aguirre with all of the uh, Bears history. And then all the bar flies in the chat room, all barroom shows, uh, and uh, happy birthday to my little seven-year-old Alita. Alita! <laughs> Kisses and hugs to her. Uh, Dan, you want to shout anybody out? I'm texting the other Dan right now. If you're listening, Dan, I can talk to you while I'm driving to 911. Mm -hmm. Mr. Uh, Shorty? Yeah, yeah, so... Um, yeah, I, I'm glad that you're back too, Aldo, and, 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 and healthy. And obviously I was really concerned about that, not just because of the show or bears, just because of life, man. Like I said, legitimately one of my best friends, if not my best friend, not to sound sappy or anything, but, uh, so I'm glad you're well, or at least getting well. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you can't eat an orange or a banana, I would be going fucking nuts with you. I mean, like, God, what can I eat if I can't eat a banana? So, I know it's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it is. Um, I want to say that there's a show I have to miss too in August. I've got tickets uh, for the Smashing Pumpkins again on August 22nd, and that turns out to be a Tuesday. That's so, number four, the fourth time you've seen them. Or, it'll be or the fifth. Three? I've seen them four <laughs> times. So it'll be fifth. Oh, uh, yeah, so uh, I got to miss that. And this upcoming weekend, I'm going to be in Ohio for uh, Foo Fighters and Deftones, but Ooh. I'll be back for next Tuesday. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And I just want to thank everyone for all your well wishes. And, um, you know, I, 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 what I really want to say is I truly believe this is going to be a special season in, in Bears history. I don't know if we're going to go to Super Bowl. I don't even know if we're going to go to playoffs, but I do feel like this is the season where I feel like we're going to get out of this fucking rut and that we're going to see visible signs that this franchise is turning the corner and it starts with the new president kevin warren and it it, it goes on uh I, I think that the mccaskies were well intentioned but just made poor decisions and that now they finally have lucked out and have made some uh, really good decisions. And while I'm not uh, a big, big proponent on uh, Matt Eberflus, I do think he's got some good ideas on how to run the team. I do think that this roster is really looking up. I do think that we have this uh, maybe a generational talent in Justin Fields at the quarterback position. And so I'm super excited that Tooch and Dan and everyone else here at the barroom is going to be along for this ride. And we're going to follow the season. We're going to have robust discussions about it debates and, and and interviews with other people and then also the the, the rest of the podcasters out there uh, uh bears country podcast and nomads podcast and swifties podcast we've got so many great choices to heidi's pick. podcast heidi's podcast by the way heidi 
come on and she has promised to do her nails while she is being interviewed right here on this show. <laughs> is it okay if I masturbate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you read my mind. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's a, a future episode. And, and Dan Aguirre and I talked about maybe doing an episode where we have uh, a number of people from across the country and the world be guests on a show so that we can talk about the Bears community, this international Bears community, and have on a bunch of people and talk about the Bears because it really is special that we are able to share our thoughts and listen to the thoughts of people from all around the world. So that'll be something special that we'll put together uh, during the summer months. Uh, Retro says, although they say that orgasms kill you slowly, considering how much you masturbated throughout your life, you'll be the subject of the next show. Somebody <laughs> big test time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, gosh, I, I, you know, sometimes Dakota. I think back, <laughs> right. Sometimes I think back about all of the semen stains I left on my bed sheets that my poor mom had to wash out. <laughs> That's that was awful. awful. That really, is. That really is. All the ruined socks. <laughs> yes. No, I never. Socks. I never came in socks. I don't know why, where what? this came. No pun intended. Where it came from? Like, I I was working with a lady like ten years ago, and her son was like 13, 14. He was just starting to beat it a lot, you know. And she's like, I went to pick up his socks, and they were crusty. She's like, Do you think he's doing it in socks? And I was like, Diane, for real, I've never ever once come in a sock, so I hope not. Yeah, but I, I know I've that's always been. a myth in movies and shit. I've never been like, "Where's my socks?" Well, I'm gonna I mean, break one off in here. You're laying in bed, you're half asleep. You have like a, you know, uh, the the urge. You just pull off one of your socks, you know, boom, go right back to sleep afterwards. Wish I would have thought that. Uh, would have made it easier <laughs> on my mom. <laughs> I never. I've never ever come in a sock. <laughs> I, yeah, I never have either. I, I came in between two sofa cushions once. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really awful is if you masturbate and you finish and you're like, hey, boy, that one felt good. And you look and like your fucking pet staring at you. <laughs> Feel so sleazy, you know? <laughs> there, there's something the about that. There's like cats coming into the bathroom while you're using the bathroom. You know, the cat. Like people on on Twitter always like cat always has to fucking come in while, uh, while you know, I'm using the bathroom, you know. That's uh, is that? I don't want to go. I mean, I've got Dan. It's too too soon. But my cat does that. Like, Take this shit. Cat has to come in while you're using the bathroom. <laughs> uh Mr. Shorty wants to know how about a pie? Have you ever come in a pie? Uh, no. And, I don't uh, want to fuck around with food. <laughs> Yeah. I had a girlfriend in like 06 that always wanted me to fuck her with these like freezer pop things, like a push pop. Mm. It was real cold. It would go in her vagina mm. and she loved it. It was oh. always so messy and sticky though. I just Ooh, fucking yeah. hated it. You wouldn't go then and, and lick Tasty all that mess off? I mean, yeah. I would do it, but I didn't like getting that nasty shit all over my hands though. Oh, I'm not no. into food food plays, what I'm trying to say. I, I yeah. really like to avoid yeah, but... it. Yeah, I, I remember the first time I did the whole whipped cream thing. I was like, yeah, this is, you know, I don't know about this, man. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd maybe. rather just have a vagina flavored vagina. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. <laughs> I'm with you. All right, everybody. Another great way to end the uh, Bear Their Soul show. <laughs> 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 we truly, we truly did. Uh, 
for John, uh, uh, to let people know uh, what's going on with the gambling thing and where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, John Santucci VIP. I've been red hot, man. I'm like winning my video play today again, winning my uh, free play retweet direct message, and like back to back five in one day. So that today I think I'm going to be three and three or four and four or something like that today, but just breaking even. Uh, but uh, it been, was a hot run, man. It's like the office, you know, who does our marketing was like, is, is that legit? You know? Yep. I have, uh, you know, I got the receipts. Yeah. And uh, Dan, uh, Dan, let people know where they can follow you on the Twitter machine. Uh, what is it? Bears fan underscore Dan Bears. Fan. Let me look at it. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I, I, I am usually not on Twitter anymore. Bears fan that much. Dan. Thank you. That's fan. it. Yeah. It is Bears fan Dan underscore Dan. I gotta add um, that to the picture there. Yes, I yeah. see that now. Bears fan underscore Dan. I've had Twitter since eleven, and I've loved it for years and years and years. But I'm just not on there anymore, you know. And it's not because of Musk or anything. It's just I feel like there's rant. Like no one I really know is on Twitter except for you know the Bears community, which is why I keep it on there. But mm-hmm. everybody else is like on TikTok or Instagram. I don't have any of that shit. I just have Facebook and Twitter. But it's, I feel like I have no interactions on Twitter. So it's just like I'm never really there anymore. Yeah. Well, um, by the way, that picture of yours, somebody, I forgot who it was earlier about an hour ago, said that picture makes it look like you are you are really pleased with everything that's being said on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I am pleased with everything that's happening on the show. And so then, if you want me to change the picture, send me one that you really like. And that, that uh, one's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I like it too. That's a good picture. It's funny, though, because that guy was right. I'm talking about my stroke, and you're sitting there like smiling. <laughs> 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 He's happy that I got a stroke. Uh-oh, I'm not happy. Not happy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All we right, need, everybody. Like a, we need like a serious Dan Aguirre picture too. I think for. Yeah, you're like right. That. You know, it's like I can I can switch the image. The moods of the conversation. Yeah. Exactly. Like an emoji almost. It's just like, here's serious Dan, here's funny Dan. This I'm is gonna... like, I don't know, Dan masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that. That's a great idea. Just have spooge spots everywhere in the background. <laughs> well, right, gentlemen, Danny. I got to go. I got to get to my other job. I'm I sorry. I know you do. I, mean, I just want right, to say Danny. real quickly to all those people on YouTube who are going to watch this and say, why did I turn on to this show? We told you in the beginning it was for an adult show. So. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, go save some lives and Tuch, go make some more money and egg everyone in the chat room and those watching on demand uh thank you all very much we'll love you guys i gotta go